What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, Kathleen, Kyle, and Dave. And today, we are ecstatic to be kicking off our Rooks and Vets coverage of Sci-Fi's The Magician Season 5, ahead of its release on Netflix next week. For those of you that are new, here's how Rooks and Vets works. Two of our hosts who haven't watched the show yuck it up week by week with our hosts who have seen the show. And today, we have Season 5, Episode episode one entitled do something crazy and kathleen i believe you said you wanted me to hand it over to you i want to start each of these episodes by just reading the description that they give us which is penny and julia go stargazing elliot and margo forget a sandwich yeah (laughs) which is big plot points but yeah i just wanted to say just to start off that first of all i'm so excited about this that it's physically making me ill (laughs) <laughs> two podcasts about mm-hmm. this it's collectively all of our favorite shows top three at whatever it is we've been talking about doing a magician's recording for My literally God. since we started this channel basically. i have butterflies <laughs> like i have moths if you want to get more meta yeah. about the show. Yeah, moths the- but we should start by saying where all of our homies left off right uh, i mean we can't talk yeah. about season five without talking about where we left off because one of our fallen homies, the fallen homie, Quentin Coldwater, is gone. Uh, R.I.P. I mean, all of us can't listen to Take On Me. It, it'll never be it the hits same. It's way different nowadays. Cruel World, <laughs> when I'm depressed, pump that up to 1,000. <laughs> when I'm happy, pump it up to 1,000. I mean, how many of us watched that episode today? I did. I, I did as well. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah, yeah, I was crying like a little baby earlier. I literally have not watched that episode since the first time I watched it because you let have me, to be ready for let it. Let me tell a little story about that. So it aired on a Wednesday. I was leaving for Greece the next morning, so I could not watch it live. I was packing. I was doing whatever. Jimmy comes down from watching it hmm. and is pacing, like full <laughs> out pacing. And I'm like, don't you dare say a thing like don't say anything i watched it in the air on the way to greece bad move I, I flood the plane i mean <laughs> my friend who was sitting plane next to me was down. like are you okay i was like no i was so messed up man i literally at the time luke was a little bit behind and when luke is behind he likes to let it build up so he can binge the last couple so he wasn't watching the finale as it was going to come out I was texting our group chat and nobody had watched it yet. And Kathleen was at the house, but I knew she hadn't watched it because she was leaving. I and always watch it live. Yeah, too. And I had no one to talk to about <laughs> it. I was just on my phone reading articles and articles and articles, just having Kathleen right there in front of me and just me having to hold back. And, and not- I am like a stupid fan of this. Yeah. Like I, it takes over my life. Like I have to be very calculated when I watch this episode because it will ruin me for hours at a time. Like it really will. It'll fuck me up. So I did a whole rewatch of the entire series leading up to this. We all did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. talking to Kathleen like on the side because I didn't want to just keep bombarding the Iceland chat about everything. And we both talked about you planning out like when we had to watch this episode because like I didn't want to just be alone on a Saturday night watching it. Just. <laughs> you know, crying in my bedroom, like, okay. Over a year and a half later, Jimmy, you can finally talk about it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> We're finally well, here that, to listen to that's, you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, we haven't dropped it yet, but when we talk about the magicians during our drama bracket, bracket I was saying that 
Never have I had a situation like a scene, a series finale, a season finale, anything that hit me as hard as Quentin's death. Randomly, like before Greece, I knew something huge happened. I think they may have teased a death. I can't remember exactly. I clicked articles and without reading them, screenshotted them because I knew I was going to be in the air and I couldn't Google articles. So I, all the articles I usually read after like Smart. Den of Geek, whatever it is, I blindly screenshotted them all and like interviews with Sarah Gamble and John McMahon. I'm like, I, I can't be on an eight hour flight without having this material. Mm-hmm. So I screenshot and I was just sobbing, reading screenshots of articles because I couldn't get them. I think we're all in agreement too that Quentin was at least, at least the top three character in the show for each of us personally. He's I our mean, hero. He, yeah, I mean, he was the he was the MC for the longest time, and then it just ended like that. It was just crazy to witness that. <laughs> My fuck, he wrote he wrote the seventh Fillory book. Yeah, holy shit, you guys, Fillory. Yeah, prologue. <laughs> they should put those fucking books out asap. The yeah, real there's... Fillory books. I I love culture in in a already made up world. Yeah. Oh my god, I would die to read a Fillory book. Die. The, the Magician's Trilogy is good enough. You get a lot more. I don't want you to stuff. die. You wouldn't be able to read if you died. Kevin, True. But okay. Should we get into the other characters? We've dissected Quentin. Yeah. So Quentin is gone. Margot and Elliot go back to Fillory, but it's Fillory that is ruled by the elusive Dark King. And this is right after Elliot is obviously not the monster anymore. Mm-hmm. And I just want to quick talk about the brutalness of the Margot's yeah whatever just right into the gut like how are they oh, not yeah, dead yeah. crazy I, the axes I, yeah the axes I think about it Sorrow I don't know if they Sorrow. said and I, I should be I'm a vet so maybe I should know this but did they say you have to stab him anywhere specific because I'd like stab him in the ankle or something yeah, to make sure the in the gut man you're <laughs> that's a bad wound for when he comes back as Elliot I actually yeah. love when Lipson is like before I had magic, I was a doctor. Like I'm perfectly capable of, yeah. of saving him the old fashioned way. I'm like, yo, but that's still man. I know right to the gut. Poor high king Fen, the toeless, and the fresh <laughs> prince Josh <laughs> fresh died. Prince like so what? Is, that's a crazy twist to to end on. This was actually season four. I was never live watching it. Like you guys had recommended me this me this show, so I decided to watch it. Binge the crap out of it. Like legitimately. Like I say, I binged a lot of shows. This one, I legitimately remember. Like having work at 8 a.m. and staying up till like two to watch these episodes. But when season four ended, I was just like, I need more of this. Why is this not out yet? You know, Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. All these stories were so good. When this podcast episode airs, it will be one year since season five, episode one aired. That's crazy. Yeah. Just so you know, a little little thing, because January 15th is when the new season drops on Netflix. January 15th is when you're listening to this (laughs) listeners. Maybe a little earlier, maybe. (laughs) But yeah, so Magic's been turned up to 100 at this point. Every season is so crazy. We lost Magic. Now there's the library's controlling it. There's barely any Magic now. It's Magic's turned up to 1,000 and the surges are causing issues. That Magic is never just at a happy medium mm-hmm. in this world. The past two seasons have just been low ambient or no Magic at all. And me and Kyle have been left on that cliffhanger where we finally got magic back this show for the longest time in mind. By the way, me and Kyle are going to be the rooks who have not seen season five yet, but I'm ready to get magic back and it is turned up to a hundred. So that was just really refreshing to see because the last two seasons, it was just scarce. You know, it's such a special show that they can literally have a show called the magicians and season three, which in my mind and a lot of our minds is a perfect season of television. Mm. No magic. Honestly, there's only one show that was able to do it better where a magician didn't have his magic. 
And that was season curse. one of Curse. <laughs> cover Curse. We also cover Curse. Everybody. We're kidding, by the way, if you're a new listener. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you should listen to our Curse episode. You should. <laughs> we love magic on this pod. Uh, the library's being rebuilt. Zelda needs Alice. This is all like from the previously on. Alice is not going to, as we see on this episode, she doesn't want anything to fucking do. She's always scheming our Alice. She's never just. She's always by herself ever since she became, after her Niffin experience, she's always been only for herself. Not in like a selfish way. She's trying to do the right thing at this point in time, but she just doesn't include the others, I feel like. Season four, Alice, was on the up and up for me. I think she was an unbearable character for the longest time. And then season four, she finally got back to her roots, which at the end of the day is just loving Quentin. Like the whole story revolves around like they're for whatever reason in love with each other. And they finally got back together. And then within a week... Quentin's gone and Alice is just kind of picking up the pieces of of her life. She doesn't know what to do with herself. And I'm so excited to see what Alice decides to do with herself. I'm so excited for you guys. It's making my heart ache. (laughs) She's like, you know, she's in dire straits when she's like confiding in her mom, who was like the worst mom ever, who actually Stephanie was pretty good this episode. She really was. She has the, she says the title of that, do something crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Quentin and Alice touch butts. I just want to say that. I was just going to say once I got the opening, like we can't not mention that line <laughs> i absolutely that's like especially on a rewatch like what a heartbreaking scene i, I texted into the chat the little giggle that she does afterwards like when's the last time we saw alice laugh weeping yeah weeping yeah. last time she's laughed probably even never honestly when we first <laughs> got introduced no. to it yeah, like she, even when she laughed it was like a mousy doesn't yeah, want to yeah. actually be laughing cover her face and hair type of thing then we got julia who's obviously she just got magic back magic comes from pain probably my favorite line that keeps recurring throughout the whole series because it's so fucking true um she's going to be struggling a lot with quentin moving forward in season five and then Katie's storyline is going to be all with the hedges and the reeds mark. And I'm really She's glad the queen, bitches. that they gave her this storyline because I'm a huge fan of Katie. But I always felt she was a little underutilized and not always part of the squad if Penny wasn't involved. Right. Mm. Katie's Katie, a badass. Katie yeah. was one of the characters who improved the most upon a rewatch. When I went through the series for the second time, I was just like, oh, Katie's pretty cool. I always I fell victim to thinking of her as a side character. She was always an episode dedicated to why we should never think that. Mm -hmm. Love Ben too. Uh, But yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see what Katie can do now that she's head bitch, and it kind of sounds like she's in a better place in her grief of Penny. They gave her a blazer. She's important. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. She does better in those leadership roles because I feel like in the first four seasons she was just always a pawn or like you said just doing things for Penny so her appearances never really felt fully there but now that she has a position of power she's handling it surprisingly very well. Pete's I, such a bitch, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, I love Pete. Love lady. Pete's the man. So good. I love that name mm-hmm. and that's part of the books. He's not in the books but love lady is a part of the book so i love that they brought that in but he's just such a fall i mean he literally says in season four he's like i was a fucking amazing number one for marina i'm a loyal asshole like enlist me so it's really tragic obviously that we lost q at the end of season four but the magicians has such a great just eclectic group of characters in the show in general that like i cannot wait to see season five and how you know they all deal with the loss of Quentin and how the show kind of fills that void. I mean, I love Dean Fogg. <laughs> Lipson is a great side character. She's mm-hmm. legitimately a side character, but she's like always funny when she's on the screen, things like that. So I can't wait to see more of that kind of stuff. Favorite Lipson moment is when they're 
Julia comes seeking asylum at break bills after she was just learned out that she was pregnant and Lisbon's like giving her the once over and her and Dean Fogg walk out. She's like, Oh my God, that girl is fucked. It's <laughs> <laughs> really oh good. Yeah, I really great. like her when yeah. Alice is like uh, trying to break into the, like the lab content shit. And she's mm. like, ah, like, you know, I already took all the good shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's really good in this season too. Yeah. Where did the um, blonde teacher go? That was uh, Penny was trying to bang all the time. She was in how I met your mother. And she she's was from White in, Chicks. Yeah, and she was in House, I believe. I wanted her and Penny to bang. Honestly, on my rewatch, I hate oh, I the way Penny yeah. acts with her. Like when she says, "When you graduate," he just like scoffs and rolls his eyes. I'm like, "You're so entitled." Yeah. And <laughs> he tries to do that to Zelda. You, Penny, she's like, "Nah, I'm good." Oh, yeah. He's just trying to figure out her name. <laughs> yeah. He just got his heart broken though. Oh my god, Willow is an amazing side character. So savage, always just saying this. Penny's always like. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, <laughs> you're trying to fuck Zelda. You're trying to like stick your tongue up her ass. Or yeah. something, that is like, so funny like that. that you referred to her as Willow by name because her real name is Sylvia. And yeah. Penny always calls her Willow, but he means Meadow. Yeah. Right. From Sopranos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I just love this show. Yep, yep. Me too. Mm-hmm. I, we could talk about the past for forever, but why don't we jump into the to the future? Uh, tags, Kyle, first impression. Of the episode? Yeah. Seemed like they were just setting us up for what this world is going to be without Q, giving us some direction for the season. I mean, we get the pig guy character at the end. Looks like Julia is going to have herself a quest. Penny's a teacher. Alice is trying to bring back Q, I guess, at the very, very end. We get a scene. Looks like I think she's trying to make a clay golem. That thing's made out of clay, but we're going to get there. I don't know. I think it was just a a classic first episode of of a season just set in the world. Yeah, I think that it's really nice that they dove just didn't even sidestep around the fact that q's gone you know they really dove into every single character basically has a mention even dean fogg says you know like i stopped drinking maybe it's because of quinn Mm -hmm. so i really think that that was nice for a first episode that we're really getting the aftermath even though they do say it's a month later um everyone's still kind of reeling from the events of the end of season four and for me i mean it's been however long since i I first watched season four yeah it's been since 29 mid 2019 April 2019 is when Q died. <laughs> R.I.P. Time of death. Oh my god, that's Jeez. almost two years ago. I know. So, like, that's how's insane. it feel to like get these characters back? I'm so jealous. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait. I just want to add one last thing about how depressed I was when this got. I don't hate calling it canceled because any show on Sci-Fi getting five fucking solid seasons is good enough for me. Like, I'm doing that with Winona Earp right now. It's on season four. We're like waiting to see if season five is gonna get renewed. But I was at work at lunch this this year, walking around the back at lunch, and I check Instagram, and it was just magicians, and it just said, "Thanks for thank you for the magic." I was like, "I'm gonna fucking kill myself." <laughs> like I, Kyle had the best text today. He's like, "I wanted to yeet myself into the seam." <laughs> like, yeah, my for new real. Favorite way of saying I want to kill myself. <laughs> that was right after I watched, you know hurry up and touch butts and then alice does the giggle and they look at each other and i was like fuck i don't want to watch this yeah (laughs) okay so the way we're going to structure this episode is we're going to go through all the elliot and margo stuff in fillery cover the unshackling and then we're going to hop back to earth and do it in chronological order it's just easier that way so we open with elliot and margo classic elliot and margo looking fabulous to our pretty corpses 
goddamn pretty corpses, whatever, which is a callback to season two, episode three, the episode where Alice ter- gets turned into a niffin. They say it, it's like the last time they're in Fillory and doomed, which is like a classic theme <laughs> here. So Elliot is being back to season one, season two, being a lush, c- covering up with anything he can, drugs, alcohol, whatever it's being. I-, I hate seeing him like this. Question for you guys. Margaret doesn't know about him and Quentin, right? She doesn't know the details. She just says you're cl- you're one of your closest friends dies later. Like she doesn't know. I mean, she knows they lived 50 years ago. She sends think- him the letter, sends her the letter. She said we lived a beautiful life. Not that we were in love with each other. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, the season yeah. four flashback that we get when Elliot finally is in the mind space of the yeah. monster and goes back to his like worst memory or whatever that memory oh, is. That scene. It's devastating. The peaches and plums like uh, Q wants to try it and Elliot is too scared. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, so no, I don't think Margaret. De- she doesn't know that stuff, but she knows they had the 50 ish years together. And, the, you know, so. So, I'm trying to process all this right now, but I think, yeah, I don't think she knows, honestly. No, she doesn't. But she, I mean, even without that, Elliot should still be mourning Quentin. Like, even on a rewatch, my God, their relationship's amazing. Their oh, yeah. friendship. Elliot says he bonds fast. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, episode two. What's up with you and that your was, first years? <laughs> still one of the, my favorite episodes. Peaches and Plums, motherfuckers. Everyone's favorite. Yeah. It's like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's the greatest. So they've been trying for a week to get into White Spire or the castle, but no dice. And I love when they're like, the Dark King is like kind of a lame name. And Elliot just goes, I have notes. Oh, <laughs> it's such a stupid name. It was a very cheesy name, but I mean, it does its, it does, it does its justice by implying what's to come. Yeah. And this is just, I just like Elliot's quote because Margo, you know, she questions him about how he's kind of acting, kind of covering things up. And he just says, you know, with the help of some liberally applied libations, it's just <laughs> classic Elliot right there. I mean, he was the same way after his ex-boyfriend, after he killed his ex-boyfriend. I Mike, mean, oh God, yeah, yeah, that was just devastating for, for Elliot right there. But he's he's returning to those roots again. Yeah. Again, he's taking a lot of... Like when he ate the carrots. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like that was, <laughs> that was fucked up. It kind of makes sense because if I remember correctly, what got him out of that low point was that he was coronated as high king yep. and he's obviously no longer high king so without that purpose he's just kind of once again aimlessly walking around drinking himself to death it's yeah. tough to watch because that's our boy elliot i know you hate to see him revert but i'm excited to say see- go ahead guy that it is tough to see him like this but it's nice to see him not be the monster oh yeah i was just gonna say that Definitely. after a whole season of no elliot being elliot I'll take any kind of Elliot. He remembers those, like his times as the monster, right? So he tells Margo he doesn't. Oh, that's so right. That's right, all right, we know right. as of season five, episode he's one. He's been through it all, man. Oh my God. It's mm-hmm. crazy. And hats off to him as an actor because, I mean, what a complete tone shift for him as a character. He was another phenomenal, like, at least from an acting perspective, he was probably they my personal favorite. The acting yeah. in the show is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about tone, man. I hated Julia as the monster with her deep tone voice yeah i think i texted kyle i said it's similar to if you've seen us the movie us where there's like doppelgangers oh yeah yeah when they're like like deep like (laughs) stupid voices i texted him i'm like it's exactly like that julia is just like i'm batman (laughs) no 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 so we find out that the bunnies are scared of the dark what do you guys even think of the dark okay so i wanted to get to that because i don't even know 
why they're highlighting it, but there's a line dedicated to saying the bunnies are abnormally afraid of him because they say, oh, we tried to send that bunny to Penny 23, warning him not to try and travel here because the time is all messed up. So I have no clue where they're going with the bunnies. I think they're trying to set up that, okay, we there are still bunnies. We can communicate with Earth, but the bunnies are freaked out. I think that was just their way of saying we can communicate maybe like they're they're worried that the bunnies aren't even getting there i took it as just one of those plot things so they can say we're 300 years in the future and we don't we need an explanation as to why we can't talk to earth we haven't gotten confirmation did earth receive a bunny no in no, this episode? We don't, no, 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 no that's no, what i'm no. saying yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we don't have confirmation the, that they can communicate with earth right margo and elliot are on their own but Mar- even elliot is let's go to the fucking tree and get back to earth and she's like we can't fucking go to the tree yet yeah, we because have to you don't. What our friends no, are they're doing. saying you can't go to the tree because we don't know how this time works. We could be three hundred yeah, years. Yeah, it's all in. The, it's like a million things at once. Is yeah. Why they so what I'm me. saying is, we know that they're on their own and they have to be on their own. So I'm taking it as like a plot device just to be like, all right, you can't send a messenger, Bonnie. Yeah, they're on their own quest. Basically, they don't. Get, they can't get help from anybody else. Yeah, Agreed. I will say though that Hillary, I weirdness the abounds. <laughs> I love the bunnies so much, and if, if we have to ass. wait, <laughs> yeah, if we have to wait to get them back, I'll be a little upset. <laughs> they're so good i loved when alice and then oh my god was, yeah that lenny was just about to say it this. was alice 23 who was like working for the bunny pirates yeah like the one <laughs> thing they can't do is stack crates so i just chill and stack crates for them oh what was god, it he's she, she's like i like captain hops no i'm leaving or something yeah. <laughs> she's like is that bunnies that are pirates or pirates that steal bunnies she's like kind of both (laughs) (laughs) so anyway what they're saying is elliot says let's just go back through the portal what they're trying to say is we can't communicate with anybody on earth and we can't go back to earth because that might just ruin us more because they could be in 300 years in the future of earth you know yeah exactly so the people of fillory come wandering up (laughs) and they're cosplaying uh for the great unshackling which is so Good. And this girl who's cosplaying Fen is just the right amount of goofy. She's doing it for me, man. She's perfect. And I love this is where you get that she's high king, king Fen, the Tolis. Yeah. So good. Because I love when the fairy gives Margot her eye back and she's like, how about some toast? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're like running somewhere and they're running away and Fen's like behind, like slower behind. She's like, guys, wait up. Like, I don't have any toast. Yeah, when the cannibals are there. Oh, yeah, so that's funny. good. So she pegs them right away as Elliot and Margot. And Margot's reaction just being like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. excuse me? Like, how are you pegging me? Uh, they're perfect cosplay as themselves. But yeah, so moving forward, because we're skipping to the next scene. We've get a plot device that a lot of shows have used. Game of Thrones have used it as kind of like an exposition. They're having a play. The Great Unshackling, they're showing it. So they're, first there was Ember, God of Fillory. Uh, then came my brother, Umber, boring Umber. Together we created this world. He thought it would be funny if children of Earth ruled. And then they show our heroes come in. So enter a drunk hiking Elliot. As so our Elliot goes, that's original. Yeah. Um, High King Margot, who's angry all the time. King Quentin, dissatisfied all the time. <sighs> oh boy. And Queen Alice, uh, I died, I... sort of. <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's amazing how that's the legacy they left after we have four seasons, but like the forty nine, however many episodes of this, and that's the legacy they left behind. It's a good summary, pretty much. <laughs> So rewind really quick. I just love how they're saying we've been trying for a week and the dark the dark king is is up the security. And then when they say, all right, well, let's just go to the unshackling at White Spire. She's like, is it really that easy? <laughs> that is 
exactly how everything works in the magician. Yeah. It's like they need something, so it just like a door opens. That is the questers enter here. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, good. It's good stuff. And we also find out that uh, that Josh went through a mustache phase. Yes, <laughs> love, that. love that for him. So then we go into the story of what happened. So it's Josh with the mustache and Fen come in. They just say that they weren't paying attention when these things called the takers came into Fillory. The borders became overrun and the people fled for their lives and no one knows where the takers came from, but they were everywhere. So my first question is, what are these takers? Like, yeah. are we supposed to know, mm-hmm. Kyle? What do you think about them? I have no idea. They looked <laughs> yeah, like right? they looked like ghosts kind of in the play, but who can say? Even our characters in the story are concerned because they don't know what the fuck they are either. But then they say this dark wizard came in, saved everybody, executed Josh and Fan, and then he was the Dark King, right? So that's really all we know of this guy. So I'm pretty sure it was the people that executed Josh and Fan, right? Well, all we know is because they name him King after. If you say the King, Dark King kills them, or if you say the people kills them, it gets a different take on the Dark King in your head. Oh, true. Yeah. For you guys. Okay. So the people, they hang Fen. So sad. Let's put that noose around my girl's neck. Fuck off. <laughs> they decapitated Josh. And that this is when <laughs> it's like they do the guillotine and then the guy just chucks a fucking head, which mm-hmm. Margot catches. Could you imagine? She is in love with this guy. Yeah. It's just to catch his head three hundred years in the future. So this causes her to exit and she's all worked up. And she says, we're going to endgame this shit. And he goes, when did you have time to watch endgame? And she's like, shut up. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're going to time fix this bitch. We'll say it a lot, but we love these pop culture references here. It's It's hard not to quote every Margot line. Yeah, she's the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, I have so many written down. The one the one before in this scene, because Elliot's kind of like getting her to calm down, trying to say, you know, it's 300 years. Like, you should have known something that this was going to happen. She goes, they murdered the shit out of them. (laughs) <laughs> she's so pissed at it yeah and then with the the jesus helena bonum christ yeah, yeah. amazing mm-hmm. how come so nobody good. brought up the corpse quote from the ver- i did oh you did uh-huh. oh, okay good good yeah. i yeah. must have missed that i'd fuck our corpses yeah I'd, oh i didn't say that <laughs> That's line. What I'm saying, i'd yeah. fuck our corpses yeah. yeah but yeah so they're they're heading towards the clockwork heart built by the dwarves they I think taught it's funny Jane... that elliot still hadn't read the books marcus yeah <laughs> marcus jesus describing, helena bonum this christ. is where jane like learned already. time magic and he's like elliot come on read the books dude <laughs> I didn't realize this on my first watch through that they do that stuff with Jesus Christ like so much. There's so many different mm-hmm. variations of like Jesus H Christ, like mm-hmm. Jesus Bova Christ. So Margot says, I started excavation 300 years ago when I was hiking. Because I wanted to see a dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> what a letdown. Yeah. Uh, so they're about to slide down and Elliot looks scared. And he, the best line of the other episode, oh, grow a clip, would you? Bitch, I would if I could. <laughs> So good. You know who loves that line too? Bob Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> so they literally slide into the center of the world. The clock dwarf is just a normal guy and he just wants to be fed. Like <laughs> he just wants a fucking hand sandwich, which I'm- is the sandwich that Elliot and Marga forget. And the, the sandwich I just ate before this podcast. I didn't, even re- I didn't even realize that. Yeah. It's funny. He totally wanted the sandwich. He was just like, oh, no. But like, I just figured you'd happen to bring down some bread and maybe some lunch meat and condiments. <laughs> Elliot's like, dude, do you like want a ham sandwich? He's like, if you're offering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the central magicians right there. Yeah. 
Got it. We skipped this Earth parts to get to all the fillery stuff, but we find out that there's been surges on Earth. Magic's turned up to 100. So the surge is what skipped these gears forward. Uh, Margo says, okay, can you just like jam it backwards? He says, this machine doesn't work backwards. It's going to cause an apocalypse. And I love when she says, because all our friends are dead and the world is fucked. Like, yeah. you know, he's like, oh, well, I can't really do anything about it. So can only move the clock. So I literally cracked up at this line when he's like well you know the mushrooms also get me high so i'm not so good at picking up emotional cues <laughs> 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 he's just my guy's just down there baked just dealing with time i love it imagine just surviving off just shrooms that'll just make you trip would that be awful probably <laughs> I mean, if that's the would, only thing you can eat you better would be, be necessary yeah, yeah. and you probably would probably adjust to it right after some point in time I and you like. have a really important job to do, too. <laughs> Cave mushrooms. So fucking funny. And then he offers them, too, at the end. He's like, guys, you want some mushrooms? <laughs> I'm sure Elliot took some. Oh, yeah. Positive. Slipped some in his back pocket, just like the carrots. So Margo's yelling at Elle once they get back up for bearing his emotions. This is the gloriously medicated um, and in some textbook denial line. This is Elliot. I mean, it, it sucks to see him revert back to this. Uh but Margot puts it in very certain terms here, which I like. She says, a monster rode you around for months while he murdered people. And then one of your closest friends died. This is where we get Elliot saying he doesn't remember. I'm glad they brought this up because there's so many huge things. I think Elliot being the monster was season four. We're trying to save Elliot. We got to get this monster out of here. But it was overshadowed at the end by Quentin dying. Right. So you don't get at the end, a celebration that Elliot is no longer the monster. It's just, it's just glazed over. Right. Yep. So I'm so glad that Margot says it straight to his face because I feel like as the audience, you have to be reminded like, Oh shit. Not that we, cause God, we missed Elliot all of mm -hmm. season four. And I'm glad they gave him like the crazy, the musical episode. He was amazing. And oh, the yeah. episode where he gets, Fen, Margo from Welters, and Early Q to be his like battle people to go into all of his memories. Such a funny episode. It's a good cheating so good. way to like get our our Elliot back. So Margo's just pissed here that Elliot isn't pissed. Yeah. Feelings are good. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. yeah. If it were me, I'd be driving a fucking semi down Fury Road. <laughs> They're just he tries to Bambi her too. He's like Bambi's like, don't Bambi me. <laughs> she is heated. They are so good together. Oh my god, these gosh. two. Yeah, it was upsetting to see them kind of fight like this, but Margot has a good point. I mean, she is right. It's also like everyone's allowed to grieve in their own ways, but I think Margot knows Elliot enough that he will just continue grieving like this. For a forever while. Yeah. until like someone Something like Margot kicks him out of it you know so yeah. good on Margot. kind of like the conversation we had earlier about whether she knows about about the whole cute thing he says to her you know like you've heard everything i have to say yeah but she has it she she's has lying it. to her yeah right. he's holding some shit back man every time in the previous seasons when Margot would go up to Elle and be like let's not pretend we're the same or why aren't we friends anymore it's heartbreaking because Elle is really just bottling everything up and not saying anything like especially like you said dave when when mike died or or when margo gives fen's um, baby to the fairies whatever it is it's really tough to see them in turmoil mm -hmm. it's fucking brutal i hate it I know. so margo storms out and she just like sits down and is looking at her banishment scars that's what those were they're like yep. burn marks yeah. on her wrists yeah. and then she just gets like smashed by a florian guard who says banishment scum and that's that until the last scene i believe yeah taken to jail I love that. That was yeah. whack shit. I just, I, you know what? Now that you're saying this, I was like 
not thinking about the banishments cards, even though that's very obviously in the scene. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. He just knocks her out. And I was like, well, that, where is this going? That's funny, too, because obviously they have a lot of shit going on where it's 300 years in the future. They're they're right in the middle of the whole dwarf thing. And Margo's storming out because mm-hmm. she's pissed at Elliot. I mean, she knows that she's banished and she knows that all the security in the castle. And I don't really know, obviously, what's going on when after the the play if you're allowed to just walk around but she just takes a nice little seat and chills for a second <laughs> and then the guard's like what are you doing here and boom knocks her out yeah so this last scene with Margot, we don't see elliot for the rest of the episode she wakes up and she's in prison and she sees josh and one of my favorite things about the magician a ghost loop i love that they keep bringing this back mm. i love a ghost loop i think this is truly the only corny thing i've ever seen on the magicians is josh saying Margot." Margo, yeah. like it's like he would never just be saying that out loud. But I loved it anyway because I'm obsessed with these. Things. But I don't know, man. I think yeah, Josh I don't would. Know. If you knew that you were going to be beheaded by an angry mob of Florians like the next day, I uh, I don't know. I'd be doing some pretty crazy, Emily, desperate shit. Emily, <laughs> maybe, dude. And I don't you, know. Yeah. I've never been in that situation, you know I mean, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pretend no, I to mean, assume. I, I'm obsessed with these two, so say whatever the fuck. How one? Yeah. I I like talking to myself, so I feel like personally, <laughs> I would definitely if I'm like in a jail cell, just waiting to die i'm just gonna mm-hmm. be fuck this shit fuck all this i'm just well, still that's not yeah i mean like that, I with think. the magician's world you don't know man she could have magically shown up if he just says her name enough you know <laughs> yeah true honestly. it's true and they, they are in fillery so yeah anything can happen weirdness abounds there it is that, and I she cuddles that. him she big spoons his ass yeah she does and he would be this the little spoon with margo you know 100 you freaking know so cute. as, as margo though that has to be tortured just seeing a oh, sad josh 300 years ago knowing how his fate ends up she says it herself pretty much like of course i would be in the cell with josh's ghost yeah <laughs> of course yeah oh them in season four is so incredible i fucking hate when she's mean to him in that one scene where she's like, you're a oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. sweater boy. Oh, a sweater boy. And then, yeah. but they make up pretty fast after that, but they're so solid. Oh my God. Yeah. I love- Julia and Penny are having this really intimate moment where Penny's like helping Julia figure out her like goddess. Like, and then it's, it's so sweet and intimate and they cut to, it just says on the closed captioning, Margo screaming in Indonesian because they're just like outside of the car trying to help. Josh get away from the quickening or whatever. It's so jarring and perfect. Like it's one of my favorite transitions of all time. I remember just watching it live and like bark laughing. Being like what the fuck? It's so dumb. I, I love it too. Him. Cause it was so unexpected to me, at least the first time I saw it, like those two getting together blew my mind, would it be but he does get her. Josh. Yeah. I certainly hope it would be weird. <laughs> best i mean yeah when you really think about it like i just never thought of a partner for mario because i just assumed she would never have a story like that i love the part where Penny's in the astral pr- plane watching Margo. I always thought we were gonna bang me too, girl <laughs> me too so good <laughs> honestly i kind of did too as a viewer i was just like at some point these two personalities are just gonna bang because they're kind of like the same almost, yeah a no, little I'd... bit but penny's a little more bit more of a dick whereas Margo. We'll just let you know how it is straight up. Yeah. Like, but it's yeah. all for the betterment, whereas Penny's just a fucking defense, dick. Yeah. Defense mechanism. Between dick. timelines, she is the only girl from the main group that Penny hasn't slept with because he did Alice once, mm-hmm. obviously Katie, Katie and Julia. Julia. So mm-hmm. interesting. I would, I know that. I would really like to see Penny and Alice bang. I would have liked to see that. <laughs> I really would have. They're a really good couple, too, because Alice 
is one of the only people that Penny Forty at least respects. respects like he drops the act and it's just like, you are so smart. Why are you with that sad sack cold water? Like so from the episode one part where Katie and Penny are banging and they start levitating. Who do you think skills did that? That's think, a great question. Was it Penny or was it Katie? Because we know they're both very good at what they do. It's got to be Katie. You think it was Katie? I would think Katie. Because, Dude, it, you know, lit. yeah, good for her, man. No well, fairy wings or anything. No. Well, at that point, I say Katie because at that point, Katie would have been the stronger magician because she had like magical background before break bills. Yeah. So she's just using it. Gonna, she's, I was literally going to say the same kid, thing. Right. So she would have had the levitating type of like. When they do the heist, it's like, oh, oh, it's just a quick levitating spell. Any physical kid can do it. Yeah. Yeah, And she also implies that she was rolling with the hedge witches, I think, prior to Mm, being at Break Wills. She learned magic before that. God, I love this cast. Marina taught her. I fucking love Marina. I can't wait. Me too, man. Love Marina. I hope Marina's in season five. Me too. Oh, oh, oh. Spoiler. Anyway, (laughs) I saw Margo and Elliot and Fillory. Any no. like uh, hopes and dreams? Any, you guys, are I'm, you sad that we're never going to see Fen and Josh again? They died 300 years ago. Uh, that's not happening. That's not happening. I love <laughs> them both so much. And I, no, we're seeing Fen and Josh, so I'm not even yeah. going to address that charge. What I am happy about is that Margot and Elliot are split up, but still together in Fillory 300 years in the future. I think Elliot needed a kick in the ass and rescuing Margot might just be the motivation he needs to get out of his, I don't know, drunken stupor, whatever you want to call. It. And Margot, I don't know. It kind of sucks that she's in jail, but yeah, I'm excited. With well the- said, Rook. With the beginning, <laughs> there you go, nice. With the beginning of the episode, and Elliot making the joke that the Dark King is a is a pretty bleh, big bad name. Are you guys weirded out at all that you're not really seeing the Dark King yet? Or are you okay with him not showing up in episode one? If he's I will bad? say that the actors and actresses in the play, while they don't look like spot on with the people, I, my first thought when I saw the Dark King actor was that he looked like Martin Chatwin. Oh, okay. So you're thinking it's Martin Chatwin? Is that what you're saying? Or you? I I don't think that, but I can't not. Like that's just the first thing that comes to my mind now when I think of who it could be because the guy looked like him a little bit. I love. Did you look at his fingers? No, I didn't look at his fingers. You should have looked at his fingers, dude. That's a rook move. (laughs) Yeah, rook. (laughs) No, but that I think that was a great question, Jimmy. Just because let's see. I I I literally have no idea who the Dark King could be. And you shouldn't at this. Nah, you shouldn't. It takes a while, but that's right. makes you feel better. Not a while, but it's it's great. And that's our Elliot and Margot coverage, right? That is truly. So now we can whip it back to, to the Julia. actual opening scene of the episode. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen, you said, I think before we started recording, that this scene was pretty blah as far as opening scenes. I but... didn't say blah, just a little like weak as I love the Julia stuff. It's the Penny stuff where it gives you exposition. It tells you where we're at in the magical world in this moment, but. I mean, I love every scene, no matter what. <laughs> what do you mean by you don't like the penny stuff? I the whole penny at break bill stuff feel, again? Or no, no, no. Like I like twenty three. Okay, or is, like the meteor okay, show. You're stuff. really reading into my comments too much. It's <laughs> truly just like they open with Penny taking Julia on a date, which is fine. I love love. Give it to me. I'm just saying, like Quentin just died. I don't know. I don't read into what I said. I didn't really mean that. <laughs> I mean, I, I probably, I probably, if I had a choice, would have started with the Margo and Elliot thing. I would have loved to open with them and Fillory yeah. just drinking and being like, fuck our corpses. Yeah, I think exactly. that would have been, I think that would have made a little more sense too, as how season four ended. I don't know, I don't know. but I think <laughs> Julia is just like the most beautiful person in the entire world. Is she yeah, not? I think that at the end of season four, when Q is, uh, 
talking to Penny Forty in the what's the room called again? Room requirement. <laughs> Good one. No, whatever. Oh, in the um, uh, secrets you take to the grave room. Yeah, that room, and he says to Penny that you know the person he's most worried about is Julia. So we open right. season five with okay, he was most concerned about. And how she's doing. So I think okay. that way it makes sense. That's that's actually a really good point. So yeah. That's a little vet shit right there. That's you know, some vet shit, bro. Yeah, we out yeah, here. That's good. Yeah, do your job. I'm not gonna complain with us opening with Julia just looking fine as hell, getting oh dressed up gosh. to go out on a date. I think you know, I'm a so. little biased of just Penny is trying to control Julia and tell her what to do. That makes sense. Absolutely. Where's all this penny hate coming from? I love Penny. I love that fuck. <laughs> I love him. I'm just saying, like the the Julia stuff is great. Her worrying about Quentin, but Penny's always just like he's just thinking about lo- like Penny twenty three is literally just only thinking about Julia and just like I w- need to make these next moves to get her to be mine. Essentially, where she's still well, kind of in okay, the morning. Here's phase where I want to interject. I feel like this scene is showing us that Julia and Penny are more so now than ever an actual couple. Totally. Like they're both into Agreed. each other. Whereas at the end of season four, I feel like. Julia was just starting to open that door, especially yeah. when she found out she lost Matrix. She was just like, hey, Penny, why don't you just sit here and let me be mad at you? That was a great line. That was so cute because she thought she lost everything. It was just like, I need this guy, Penny, in my life. Yeah. So she's starting to reciprocate what Penny 23 has been feeling ever since he got pulled into Dimension 40. So I like this scene, honestly. It, no, I mean, I love up. every scene. There's not a single scene in the Magician's Universe that I do not love. But I'm <laughs> Julia is one of my favorite parts of all seasons, but specifically season five. Like I, her journey is one of my favorites. I'm just saying that, like, there, I can't believe we read into my comments because <laughs> I love it. You I'm just threw saying. out a hot word in week. This is a week scene, and you that keep is a changing what I said. Yeah. What did I say? Like, I think it was week. I think week is the actual. I think one. I would say a little uh, week. <laughs> Kathleen hates Penny confirmed. So <laughs> no. this scene, though, how cool would it be to date a traveler? Penny's like, I we're going on a date, no. but like. You don't want to wear this little sundress. You might want to bundle up and then just go to watch a meteor shower on the opposite end of the world. Julia's ass in that dress. Woo! You better stop. <laughs> and also, I mean, we're going to bring it back to season four finale. Alice's ass in season four finale. Talk Woo! to me nice. <laughs> Which scene specifically? I when don't remember that. You get like, the, the camera perspective is from the door. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you can't see my hands, but uh, yeah, the camera perspective is from the door looking at the seam, and Alice is like off to the left where she's that when they're about to throw the whatever, yeah, okay, yeah, and she's just dump trucking around, (laughs) dump truck, dump truck ass. (laughs) Love that about them. Okay, so this actual scene we open, Julia's getting ready, she's having flashes of Quentin, which is a solid start, I would say. I love the, the flashes of Quentin. One of my favorite parts of three, but more so four, is how Quentin and Julia are really back. I hate it when they were fighting. Mm-hmm. It sucks. They were each other's best friend. They loved Fillory. I'm glad they got to go on this journey and they were in good terms at, in the end. Um, so it makes sense that Julia would be Julia and Alice and we'll get there are really grieving. So Penny is going to take her on a date and try and cheer her up. And like Tag said, mm-hmm. amazing to date a traveler and he takes her to the opposite end of the world. And he says it's it's fr- Penny's friend Seth that is making this meteor shower and he he's he also has an ulterior motive cuz he says see there's a lot of ways to use magic to make the world a better place. So I guess like Julia's journey this season is going to be what is she going to use her magic for? Mm-hmm. Because in her mind she thinks that she gave up Q so that she could have magic. 
Yeah, she has guilt magic, basically. Yeah. From her perspective, it's probably almost impossible to not think that way. Totally. I mean, they do we have, you know, to continue the scene, we have the magical surge, uh, the meteors start going haywire. They have to travel out of there and back to uh, Katie's apartment. Mm-hmm. And she, this is when she basically says that line that, you know, I lost Q to get magic back. Like, I have to do something with that that almost equals that loss. And Penny says, like, there's nothing that you could possibly do to, you know, make that equation make sense. Like there's no way you could find something to do with magic. That's going to equal out losing Q. That's insane. And it's still only a month after, yeah. like it's still hitting her hard. It, I mean, a month sounds like it'd be long, but to, to lose that childhood friend of yours and just to try and get over it that quickly, you know, she needs her time man. that's what I think. And as a Rook, I want to highlight those surges that happened because I feel like that's going to be a pretty big plot point. Now that we have unlimited magic in the air. Yay. Everybody's, can do magic again but these surges seem like an issue that's affecting magicians worldwide Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before we get there i I just want to jump in and say the intro so every season the intro changes for anyone who's never noticed that um season four didn't have anything except for a poster on the right the uh order of the librarians of the night exactly like some propaganda poster that Mm -hmm. it was completely blank which is lit because obviously in season four they open they have no memories they're not themselves so season three had two pennies, seven keys, uh, Margo's eye and the fairy contraption, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Season five. Does anyone have what what's on the wall? Does anyone write I it didn't down? didn't even know that that was a thing. So I saw I'm- it was gra- I saw it was graffiti, though. Like, that's all. It looked yeah. like a kraken or a squid or something. Mm-hmm. OK. Anyone okay. else? I have it. So it's um, hedge stars, whales battle axes. The posters bent to the side. And really in the kraken, it's like a huge moon. Which mm, is cool. probably wing, interesting. Wing, wing, wing. Give yeah. you a little, yeah, give you a little foreshadowing of what's to come. Rex. My favorite of all the seasons I was looking at them last night is the two pennies because no one would ever like literally pennies, right? Yeah, the, the coin, so good. Oh my god, that reminds me of my boy Hyman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we should have did nickels. Be the nickel. Yeah. <laughs> nickel. Guys, fucking awesome. He is an underrated character. Absolutely. Oh, he's so good. We love that man's. But the one comment I do want to make about this whole Julia Penny storyline to kick us, well, that actually kicks the episode off, is that I don't know how I feel about Julia once again being on this, like, how do I use this power? Like, I don't know what to do with it. I feel like they're recycling the same storyline that she was looking for as a goddess. Like, how do I do good with this power? And she's like, okay, I'm not a goddess power, but now I have magic again. What do I do with my magic? It's like, bro, that's every magician's quarrel. Why are you special? (laughs) I disagree. I don't think she actually got to fully flesh out that storyline when she was a goddess. It got taken taken away from her too fast and then she had nothing and I thought she was amazing in four. So I'm I'm in and I think you'll be happy with where it goes. Okay. Well, she gets a quest. I think she's hijacking this quest that a misogynist pig doesn't want (laughs) to give her, but we'll get there. She didn't get a quest. She's taking over. Yeah. So this is so good. I love this part. Dean Fogg. (laughs) what's your guys take was he just like cloaked basically until until like he was standing there listening to the whole yeah. thing he's yeah. like i was trying to find an in but it never came and he was he's like sorry about the scotch i was smelling it yeah i was smelling it he bites the man my, yeah dean fog is seriously the man my note i have for this is dean fog the goat yeah he's he's the man. so good and he's there for penny which was a nice little twist yeah, this is a little more exposition. Uh, first of all, the music that like da na na which is essential magicians as well. Um, 
so he's saying that Everett, who died in season four, who was our basically our main villain, which we didn't even know until the fucking end, Everett right. from the library, drank a reservoir of magic and exploded, and it had to go somewhere. So too much magic means too many people are discovering their gift, and more people than ever are getting into break bills and passing the exam when they couldn't before, which is a great twist. I love that. Love it so much. And, and I also love the line. It's like a fucking state school. Yeah. <laughs> Overcrowded. And then there's a seemingly throwaway line that Fog says, did you know that someone stole the school supply of living clay? Mm-hmm. Mm. Alice. Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wonder um, what that's going to be used for. So Penny's purpose to be at break bells is because a bunch of travelers pop, pop up. So these rare disciplines are, are being more with and more a rise common in because students of the comes a rise in the rare. And I love how it's still only four. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, a, you see how many more students there are, Technically, but only that's four times more than when Penny was there. So, and they usually only come by every couple of decades. Yeah. yeah Penny's so. guy was such a doucher. The guy who yeah. put it's, a shotgun in his mouth. Well, what, Penny uh, tries to be him to start. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he tries. That's what it was. I thought it was funny, though, how Dean Fogg like, is recruiting Penny to become a professor because just the character growth from, well, I guess even though it is a, technically a different Penny, I mean, they kind of experienced the same shit, right, overall. Yeah. So it's just funny seeing his character at the beginning of the, the show. It was just like, I don't really give a fuck about school. Let me just dive into all these panties real quick. Hmm. And then now he's like, you got to become a professor. You got to you got to mature a little bit, which he does not do in the introduction of his class. <laughs> he does not mature at all. No, this seems like old Penny, doesn't it? When mm-hmm. he's yelling, it seems like Penny 40. Yeah, I have a big debate I would like to get into. I don't know if this is an episode one debate, but Penny 23 versus Penny 40 is a debate I've been wanting to have for a very long time in a way where I really don't think that they should be that different. I know I, I had talked to Kyle about it for a second and where Penny 23 has been through way more shit, meaning that like, I mean, the yeah, beast the had beast fucked up. His killed everyone. But up until a certain point, like Penny 23 is like blatantly sweeter than Penny 40. Yeah. I'm going like, to stick a pin in this right now because we can't have this conversation without Luke. Yeah, that's true. Because he's <laughs> yeah, a big he, advocate for 23 over 40. I think he, I'm he an feels advocate stronger. Over so, yeah, if anything, it's you and him have that debate. Okay. Put a pin in it. You'll have to listen to our next yeah. episodes for that. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the line when Fog, Dean Fogg basically says to Penny that he's the only Bill's educated traveler that's alive on Earth. So he is Facts. literally the only person that can teach the class. There's only one. <laughs> it's just a really there. good full circle, you know, full circle storyline for him. Also yeah. a terrifying thought. Seriously. Like Penny, they how long were they at break bills? Tell me. That's what I was like. In the books, they get through, they graduate. They go through all four or five years, graduate, and then go off. It's like yeah. honestly, only one year. It feels like, like barely. they're still freshmen, honestly. Yeah. The yeah. beast comes early and yeah. 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 <laughs> He has him sign a contract, essentially saying, you know, you're going to here are your newfound responsibilities just in case of any injuries or issues that might come up with the student body. Wink, wink. Yeah, he got got. Yeah, he got got. Yeah, the, it Fox wasn't sells it to him. It's like a liability waiver. Like, yeah, yeah, protect yeah, that's you what it is. In case one of your students accidentally kills himself. Yeah. And that's all we know for now. But we find out that was. But Dean Fogg did use the emotional part. He's like, these are remember yourself. These shoes when you first walked on the campus, like you didn't remember how to train your body for this like it was a nerve-wracking experience like you got to teach these 
students if, if you don't teach them one will die. definitely die at, at least the yeah. selling yeah. point because penny says i don't want to have blood on my hands and he says without your help they're definitely gonna die dudes so. yeah exactly i think that was a great way of putting it for dean fogg even though he did kind of cheat him into this position but mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and that's also the classic penny like that's the kind of the core tenet to penny's characters that he puts on this charade that he doesn't care. But at the end of the day, if something needs to be done and he needs to help, he's going to help. Mm-hmm. So Penny is the newest break bills professor. That's awesome. I, I, I like yeah. Penny in a teaching role. That's as a rook. That's going to be a very interesting storyline. He's got a special follow. He's got a special nice scar for his first day as a, as a professor. Yeah. As a book vet, I just want to say that in the books, Quentin becomes the professor not penny that oh, makes really? infinitely oh. more sense if I'm <gasps> yeah, it does. quentin would be such a good professor he would be perfect for yeah professor cold water everyone thinks he's weird that already just no. rolls he's off the, that just rolls off the tongue so well already literally too, in cold the books water. you get you get the pov of the students and they're always just like that weird professor cold water <laughs> really awesome. yeah. oh that's so cute though but now we get alice mm-hmm. is in mourning in chicago <laughs> with her mother who at this point in time doesn't see a seem to be of much help to her. At never. All. Stephanie yeah. is never. But she's, better than you. Their the relationship worst, is so weird, especially after Alice coming back. It's just like, so how is there this tension still? This is the first time Stephanie is actually acting like a mom. It's her depressed child, but it seems like it's been it's been a month since Quentin's gone. And she's like, good afternoon to you, daughter, like rips open the blinds, throws a letter on her back like they're just going to keep sending these letters. Like this is Stephanie being a good mom, trying to get her out of an obvious depression. She could do it. Yeah, I mean, I agree. She's doing the right thing. She mm-hmm. could do it in a little less of a a, a sass tone, you know. Stephanie Ooh, doesn't no. have anything. I agree with a sass tone. Yeah, Baby I agree. Girl, with that is Tom's. exactly how mm-hmm. Brian would have gotten woken up in. in I mean, his yeah. I mean, that would residence. work for me. I mean, yeah. Oh I'm, yeah. But Alice has been receiving these letters from the library, which she has not given the time of day to respond to. Mm-hmm. I mean, she said apparently that she said no, but they just keep sending. You're right. She did respond. said no, but they keep on coming. And then Stephanie says that she has an emergency. So Alice gets dressed and she needs help picking an orchid for like her homeowners competition or something. And she's the only one who has magic, meaning that everything she's she's cheating, everything she's like blooming is is there's too much magic. Everything I touch just blooms. Yeah, Stephanie might have been the worst character through four seasons. I really like her episode one of season five. She's so funny. I love the Lamprey episode. I think they really wrote that perfectly to each character. R.I.P. Mr. Daniel Quinn. Daniel Quinn. Wow, I couldn't. Daniel Quinn, the goat. Yeah, Daniel Quinn. Great episode for all involved. Like, oh my Stephanie god, that tries was to make a... up, make out with Quentin, and does for a little yeah. bit in that episode. Like, that's a wild episode. But... We are two consenting adults, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "We're doing something whoa. crazy." I swear to God, yeah, I'm that doing... is that is literally her doing something crazy. Love it, Kyle. We can't not mention this line in this scene when she does say, "Like, yeah, you know, they're not magicians, but it doesn't mean they're not a bunch of mean old twats." <laughs> <laughs> Twat little butcher vibes. Two good ones. Yeah, yeah butcher vibes. We get a knock on the front door and ding dong. Hello. It's most, me, Julia. The most Are beautiful there, girl Alice? in the world. <laughs> it's really interesting that it's such a contrast between how Julia is doing. Julia is obviously, you know, wearing makeup. Her hair is done. She's all dressed up like she usually is. And 
Alice is just looking like a mess. They're yep. both handling this cue situation just kind of on opposite ends. And the scene at break bills is Penny teaching introductory psychic translocation. And he introduces himself as Professor Adiodi. <laughs> Let's go. This is like so exciting. I'm just. Yeah. Penny's the man. <laughs> yeah. Every so, time they say his last name, it reminds me of when he's watching everyone grieve him and no one knows his last name. And he's like, it's Adiodi. Like, yeah. Jesus. It's so good. I love it. So when it's Penny, like, I don't even know how to describe it. Scaring him his straight. Te- yeah. Scaring him straight. He's like, nice books. Throw them at the door. <laughs> you don't need them. It reminds me of the Michael Scott teaching uh, Ryan's college class. Oh, my Anybody God. Yeah. The yeah, office. He's just ripping the ripping textbook. Ripping pages out of that poor kid's <laughs> textbook. But he's like, you know, traveling is a curse. Best case scenario, you're a taxi service for your friends. Worst case, you wake up in a volcano, which he's not was- like wrong. He's not. He's just telling it how it yeah. is. These are his experiences. I mean, he literally was practicing traveling and he woke up in a volcano. Yeah, like- he's <laughs> like, Earth again. Yeah. Like, he's like slugging vodka. I miss Mike And yeah, it just basically tells him that you guys got to leave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just, it's just interesting that he's doing the same exact shit that his mentor does. I mean, he basically, he tells him, get the tattoo, get on with your life. Yep. That's all I can tell you. Well, Being yeah. Bucket hat kid who was like, I don't know, the head traveling student is just like, are you actually going to teach us anything or just scare us? And Penny doubles down, says that you guys should be scared, encourages them to get the anti-traveling tattoo. And then I love how he leaves. He just... He's like class is dismissed and just travels out. Yeah. And that yeah. what a way oh, to make them like want to do it. Yeah. Like literally, like they're oh, like, yeah. Oh, that's freaking sweet. We want to travel. Yeah, baby. we want to travel. I personally would want that to be my my house. I mean, I feel like his head was in the right spot. Like his heart, I guess, was in the right spot where he was trying to explain it, but he just went about it so wrong. Like going mm-hmm. about it like being a douche is the the kid reacting. He's like, Oh, you're just trying to scare us. We're gonna want to do it anyway. Like, <laughs> and you know, it didn't really do anything for him. If he would have just talked to them straight up, like he eventually does, yeah, then it would have worked. Okay, now we're jumping back to Julia and Alice, and I really <laughs> love the scene. They're both grieving and struggling, and I'm glad you pointed out their looks. Like Julia d- did herself up and Alice did like they're they're both struggling in different ways, but we never get to see these two bond really ever. It's nice that they they can find common ground and that they both really loved Q. Just and- real quick. I just want to say that was one of the things, too, when I first watched the series is trying to figure out who's going to end up being together because it's like Quentin and Julia could have definitely had a, a future together, but it was Quentin and Alice. You're planning end games here? I will no, well not not right now, but I'm just saying when I first watched, I was just like you sound like tr- me. trying to guess our, where everyone was gonna go. Yeah, bo- I mean it was a question mark. Our boy Hyman, he really wanted the the Q and Yeah, Julia. that's yeah. God, Hyman is so good. Yeah. Every time he pops up, it's an A plus episode. He's like, Ooh. oh he's always loved her. <laughs> it's so fun. I just like, he's one of the boys. Amazing, what an amazing character idea. Yeah. He's one of the boys without and girls without actually being a part of the group. Like yeah. he knows all the information. He knows exactly yeah. what's going down. He just can't express it to anybody. You know, like, as a white male, I oh. really identify. With Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> he's fucking. Uh, he's Bartolomeo from One Piece. He really is. He's just the fan club of the of the group. He, he just wants it. to be along for, to watch the journey. Yeah. yeah, he's like Penny. You and Katie are great. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me Katie. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's us watching them. Yeah, just we love when TV does that. Um, but so they're what being, were we talking about? Alice yeah. and Julia yeah. are being really sweet to get together, and it's nice because these moments are few and far between, especially with these two. Nothing brings two unlikely characters together like grief, huh? 
sucks. Mm. But Julia wants to do a seance. Basically, she brings this idea of a seance. As Alice is like, that's fucking wild magic. We can't do that. She, but later you find out she's like, I'm going to one up. you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to do it by myself. Her mom says do something crazy, man. <laughs> and then she gives Alice a copy of the world in the walls with Quentin's notes in the margins and she says we can't talk to him but we can read them and what a nerd next thing think about yeah, Kyle took yeah. the words right out of my mouth she's she like laughs and cries at the same time like what a nerd this guy was i'm about to start crying yeah <laughs> dude she like hugs the book leans into the sofa kind of a little tighter and i was like damn this is the alice we should have had after she became a niffin which i mean it's i understand the struggle she was going through but i needed more of that alice for a lot longer personally because just seeing her like this just makes me so much happier i know and it was like for a reason why they do this but her and q were on such good terms at the end of yep. season yeah, exactly. four man i was so excited about it it would be even worse if if he died and they weren't on good terms like he did in timeline 23 oh yeah i love oh my god i love tesla flexions mm. <laughs> i Don't love anytime they bring in any any version of themselves from a different timeline Oh my god! It makes my brain explode. It makes me so excited. That's also a great. Uh, that's a great Dean Fogg moment when they're like, "It's named after Nikola Tesla," and it's like, "No, it's named after whoever Flexion." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that part. So the next scene is our first Katie scene. We get a knock on the door from this guy with his severed arm in his hand uh, because his friends tried to do a DIY reads mark removal and it blew off his arm. So Katie now, as we're learning, is queen head. She's got Pete as our henchman, a.k.a. love lady. That's our guy. <laughs> and like I said before, I'm really glad that Jade Taylor gets the storyline in this season because they pretty much said last season that we're sick of side characters. Like you don't know who's as important to the story, who, who gets to decide whatever, not to be a spoiler, but Fen gets really good. Fen has the same type of storyline this season. Whoa. She's alive. She's alive. <laughs> that, that kills my stupid joke. From Whoa. Earlier about never seeing Josh and Fen again. Yeah. That. Wow. Fen 300 years ago has a really good story. <laughs> we held off on spoilers for two years just <laughs> yeah. to have it blown on the pod. <laughs> Unbelievable. Okay. I like the no health insurance joke here. They're just like, why didn't you go to the hospital? Get your arm reattached. She's like, I don't have health insurance. They're like, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking fair, fair enough. But yeah, I know, Kathleen, you were a little upset. And I and I think it's very justified when Katie has the scene with Zelda when she says, all I wanted to be was Penny's girlfriend, you know, and that's like the epitome of what we don't want from that character. And the yeah. fact that they're giving her a good main character storyline is great. No, I yeah, that and also that there was a fucking cure and our Penny 40 had to die and Zelda had the cure the whole time. Not Zelda specifically, but she knew someone. She, knew, she, could she get had the connections, cure. yeah. It was fucking Everett doing puppeteering behind the scenes and they didn't even bring him in until the middle of season four. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Another um, Katie comment I have for like, it's season four and I guess kind of even in this season now is that it's so weird how she, it's her apartment, but the scenes with like it's such different scenes where it's like Q and the squad are there and then whenever she's in there she's the only one in the apartment doing her thing and then the next scene will flash back and it's just Penny in the apartment doing his thing and it's just really they weird how she's there. just like yeah I mean it's yeah. Marina's that's now hers but it's theirs warded it, up the yeah. ass yeah Specifically, all of season four, they were hiding from Irene McAllister mm. because of the words that they they literally had to be there in their off time because they would be open for Irene. Also, while we're on the subject, all of the apartments in this show are incredible. Julia's loft for the yep. first like three seasons. Incredible. It's 
it's not Ember, it's Umber's apartment in Canada, or I guess his house. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just all glass on a lake. Incredible. And it makes sense because the first thing you would do as a magician, just left to your own devices, is get yourself a nice pad. Yeah, Yeah. right? Yeah. I I love that one of the first things they do, especially hedges, is show Julia learning spells how to steal money from a bank. Because it's like, that's the first thing you do. You need money. If you're not going to work, you need to get money somehow. So they're just like... That is literally what I've always said. If I had ever the power of like teleportation, just rob a bank. <laughs> just always. Make that's sure the first you get to. the levitation calculations yeah, yeah, correct. Right. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Would you go into the astral plane and watch people? Oh, that's... You a hymen or you a penny? Are you a hymen or are you a penny? No, bro? I'm definitely a penny. I just want to I want to live that myself. You so know? I'm I'm safe in the shower. Yeah, you're right, fine. Yeah, right. Maybe not, Jimmy. Maybe it's you. I don't know. Someone could be in this room right the fuck Yeah, now. right? Yeah, bro. The shower, it's, it's character development. Yeah. Hyman's listening to like just watch our character development stories as the years go by. <laughs> I've turned out to be a total fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so as the storyline progresses, they they find out they have to figure out a way to remove the reads marks because the library isn't going to do shit. Basically, we know that the library is in absolute shambles right now. They're not going to help anybody, especially Hedges. It's not at the top of their priority list. So they go, they know a guy and they go to the club and it's Doucher Gavin the Traveler that worked for the library that we find out has no loyalties. He doesn't give a fuck. He just gets paid. I I love this guy, actually. Like He's he's such a doucher, but he's funny. We enjoy him. I'm going to correct you. I'm going to correct you right there. It's not he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give a rat's tit about the library. (laughs) And I just want to shout out Brian because Brian is the king of chaotic neutral. Blah blah blah. When uh, he says I'm chaotic neutral, I do a lot of crazy shit for cash. I was like, tags. tags." Yeah. I love when you say that. He totally is chaotic neutral, though, this guy. He doesn't give a fuck or shit. I respect that. I've always liked Gavin. Yeah. I mean, he's just doing what he's being paid for. He doesn't have a conscious, really. He just goes for it. He's so great, man. I don't even read books. Yeah, <laughs> he's, books. he's so good. I really, really. He's another classic example of just an amazing side character. He says something like, we're not here to fuck spiders so you can pay, right? Yeah. Like, what is that? That's a crazy lie. I don't even understand what that means. <laughs> but so they're going to pay him. And all he does is really give them a tip that there's a manual from the library that will that could explain how to remove the reads mark. And he and he tells them the location of where to get it. But he's not going to get it for them or help them because it's like word up the ass. It's very dangerous. Be trapped. And there, he said, if you can get it, there's a lot of cool stuff. But not just this manual you need to remove reads marks, but there's a lot of cool stuff. So good luck. But yeah, and it must be pretty big wards because he's also said that everybody's been raiding the library. And if nobody has even attempted to touch this one, then it's got to be pretty difficult to get into. It's invisible, bro. Yeah, (laughs) it's invisible, bro. I need to lead us into the next because I have a very personal. I was going to say a very personal attachment to this. Yeah. Alice goes to Phyllis to Phyllis. Finally, she she basically we see her looking at all the envelopes last time we see her the, the hundred times that the library is trying to contact her. My assumption is she opened them all to see what all the different tasks and purposely chooses Phyllis's because of this. Um, uh, what is it? The A, index. The index. Yes. That could show the location of every book. So Phyllis a.k.a. Jewel State, a.k.a. ignored me for eight hours straight when I volunteered at a Comic-Con and I took pictures of her, of fans, and stood next to her for eight hours and she didn't even look at me. I stood (laughs) this far away from me and Dave for eight hours and she didn't say hi to me. For all of our listeners, that's about three feet, four feet. A COVID COVID nightmare back in probably 2017. I took 
a hundred and fifty people, strangers' phones to take a pic that they paid for, like pictures. So I would take their phone and take pictures of Jewel State. It she's like a very famous uh, cult following from Firefly, the the series, and then mm. the Serenity, the movie. But she didn't say hi to me. So I, even though I, she has one of my favorite. The masturbation bit is one of my favorites of this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she makes me sad to see. Yeah. It. All right, so fuck <laughs> her. We might have to get her on the pod to apologize. She's yeah. gonna have to apologize to me. Yeah. Kathleen needs fucking closure. I do. <laughs> Goddamn closure. I'm upset. And like, I didn't really know her at this point. If she was in the Magicians, I would have been like, yo. Yeah. I would have just pitched the masturbation line right fucking to it. She hadn't been on it yet, but um, I don't know, man. Philly Comic Con, she just sandbag and some bitch. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not salty about this. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she needs a foster romancer for an afternoon. Foster romancy is the most beautiful magic to look at, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. visually pleasing, especially when she does the the horsey trick in whatever episode Classic. that was. Is that season one? It's episode one. Is yeah. that little, yeah. okay? Yeah, that was that's still one of sticks to my memory. Yeah, and she she does it again when Julia gives her the magic back for a little it's bit. The first one she goes yeah. to, I, I like that, and it's useful too. I mean, she broke into the goddamn fucking. Uh, House, He's like, I use whatever. it to kill ants. <laughs> Quinn's like, you know, when you like use this on to kill ants. She's like, that's disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We find out here that Zelda's a hot mess because Alice asks where she is and Phyllis is like, I don't fucking know. She's a mess. Um, so this is a library branch index. It shows the location of every volume and how to access it. And she needs a foster romancer to unlock it. And Alice pretty much is like, I'm going to need a drink if you're just going to stand over me, which we now know is was just a ploy to get yeah. Phyllis fucked up. Um, <laughs> it's funny thing to say too like if you're gonna watch i need a drink yeah. it's like what does that even m- m- mean yeah. <laughs> i know so we also get a little bit of the story of what's going on with the library right now she says that the library has lost most of their branches zelda is a mess and after alice had been refusing to help her you know this chick phyllis just says that it broke her brain and she ran off saying that she can't be trusted to lead so the library's in disarray, as we already knew, but Zelda's nowhere to be seen. When we get into this main office, this is where we see the library index, which shows you the location of every volume and how you can a- access it. And I assume that's every like book in the library. It's mm, just like, yeah. that's an awesome thing to have. That feels like a cheat code. That's, yep. that's a lot of power, that index. That's one of those like shark things you put in your Game Boy. That's why the they game have- shark. Yeah. Damn, that's old school, baby. Yeah, yeah. Really is. Get a hundred master balls real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Trade my hundred poke my hundred level Pokemon to the beginning of my blue. So, yeah. just- so you didn't have to do anything, <laughs> just cruise through the game. Yeah. Level three Pidgeotos, I'm just like one tackle and they're dead as so proud of you. <laughs> so now we're skipping to uh coming to the apart Marina's apartment, Katie's apartment, yeah. to yell at Penny for bouncing. We now we learn that he stopped drinking and because of Quentin. Um, and he just sticks him with the contract. Like that, I faked you out, dude. Never, never met a penny who read the fine print. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was such the, a good line. The, for every episode I'm on for season five, I'll talk about how the multiple timelines is like my favorite fucking thing. Yep. In season one, the reveal that one, there's been 40 timelines. Two, Jane Chatwin is Eliza, and three, Julia was the thing she changed to not get into break pills was like punch, punch, punch. Like sold this is the best show i've ever seen usually i feel like i get disappointed with like time loops or not time loops but like different time verses just because there's such a confusion on how it can how the worlds each work afterwards but i feel like the magicians 
kept it pretty simple and just yeah. said, this is how it works. And it, they did a phenomenal job just incorporating that throughout this season and all the seasons. Boy, do I have a show for you. Yeah, right. Is it? Uh, get to it. I was literally <laughs> just going to say dark. I knew it. I knew it. I love when they do it right, though. That's something yeah. like if if a time series can get something right like that, then I'm sold on it. Like, it's so good. Even when it doesn't necessarily line up the plot, Magicians is amazing. I think it's season three in the quest. Margo says something like, I don't know. The, the rules don't really <laughs> make sense here. She has some line that's pretty yeah. much calling out. She's, being like this might not really fit like within the world but the, we're doing it anyway yeah i mean it's the butterfly effect baby yeah they're very self-aware like yeah. even with what's the cock's name the the great cock the great cock yeah, yeah the great cock. the great cocks that he's like how long is this gonna take about a, about season, a season you know like <laughs> you know he's so self-aware they call it call themselves out when they need to it's great it's nice. perfect it's also, Kathleen, your point you were making, the first scene of the fucking show is Fog and Jane Chatwin talking. Mm-hmm. And they, they they don't say it outright there, but they their conversation is about the timelines. That's mm-hmm. why watching it the second time and getting that information in that first episode is like, this makes so much more sense because I'm trying to like figure out what the hell, who Jane Chatwin is at that point in time. What What's Fog's deal at that? Like, it's just so good. I also love that Fog is the only one that's like really woke yeah. to the yeah. different timelines. Yeah. It's the best when Q gets him with the truth serum and he's like, you little shit. You yeah. got me again. Every time. Do you know how many times <laughs> yeah. we've had this exact same conversation? <laughs> that is to I get love- me with truth serum 26 times. Yeah. I just love that they have the self-deprecating drunk is the only one that's woke to all this stuff. And, it's, and it still applies here when he's just like exactly what you said. I've never met a penny mm-hmm. that hasn't read the fine print. And when, they're, also, they're, when they're in timeline 23 and they're talking to Fog and he, they're like, don't you like know? For, and he's like, I only know backwards. I don't know forwards. <laughs> yeah. You tell me there's 17 more of these that I got to <laughs> deal with. <laughs> oh, the time. I feel like good. at that point in time, that's probably why he's a heavy drinker. After like four or <laughs> yeah, five, right? yeah. after four or five of those things, you're just like, I need to fucking drink right now. Like, Do they um, ever actually explain why he's woke? Is just Ch- Jane Chowen makes him stay I woke? Think he, he says he's a big he says part. He's the only one strong enough to remember the timeline. Okay. So I, I wonder how Mayakovsky feels about that. You know, I feel like he would be a powerful wizard that should be aware to those kind of things. The, the line is he's just like, it's the dichotomy of being just strong enough to recognize I'm in a time loop, but not strong enough to change anything okay. about it. Or so, so he does touch on it, but not yeah, I'd probably be a drinker too. Just strong. Oh yeah, 100%. yeah. I think we would all yeah. be drinking. There's My also, I mean, he's too drunk to figure it. And, yeah, like, yeah remember. Right. Yeah, he's like, he's like, it's in the vault. Yeah, I'm too fucked. He's like, that this is vault. A, yeah, <laughs> that is exactly of, his process right there. He just gets way too fog. Fog probably got fucked up, but Mayakovsky definitely can drink. There's also a there's a good Marina timeline one too, right? Because doesn't he ask her like, what timeline are you from? And she goes, the one where you owe me child support. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a really good line. But I'm I'll be honest, I mean I don't okay, obviously I don't support alcoholism, but I'm a little upset that uh Dean Fogg is sober. I'm curious to see <laughs> yeah, how no. how that like impacts his character going forward. Well, there's an amazing I cannot yeah. wait for you guys to see it. So wait, where are we at here? Basically fog yelling. Fog, yeah, fog just tells him straight up that the contract that he signed it wasn't a liability waiver. It was an actual contract saying that he has to teach. So Penny has to teach. And he says, of course you can hide, like you can run anywhere you want in the universe, but I doubt there's a world that exists that you could hide from our lawyers. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, I'll see you into oblivion. He's just saying, Penny, you're stuck, dude. I got you. Yeah. 
I fucking love Pog. Yeah, me he's too. Great. Yeah, he's and so I, I appreciate him so much more in the second rewatch. Hundred percent. His battle magic is sharp, man. When he's oh, in yeah. the library at the end of four, just whipping these like battle magic. He's <laughs> you guys got to see hard elbows, man. He's well, any any time that there's any special spell or you know some or like device, it's usually him that that figured it out or created it. I mean, he's the right. man. So now we cut to this great conversation of visibly drunk Phyllis saying, not that there's anything wrong with masturbating. There's a tradition of librarians masturbating a long line, uh, but it's just how he did it. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Um, So Alice got her drunk. So she uh, she has to pay get her back to balance and pee. Did she steal the book? Or no, did no, she, she just, just find the one it. book yeah. she wants? She just always knew how to unlock it and was putting up an act. When she leaves, she unlocks everything, yeah. looks for a book. We find out that it's Quentin's book, but she locates one, gets it, uses phosphoromancy even to see it on the stacks, I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she just takes it and leaves. Phosphoromancy is very useful, man. I just love the hand signs like inject them into my veins i know all of them the same reason i love naruto just the hand signs yeah, yeah. they literally had a so tutting is a form of dance with your hands mm-hmm. it's kind of like break dancing for your hands and they had a Seems like a tut choreographer come in <laughs> yeah. to help with with the magicians that's really, really cool. cool yeah mm-hmm Someone I think by has, the end I mean, of this season we're all gonna be doing the cooperative magic ones from the are. end of season four yeah mm-hmm. we are we're gonna save all of magic <laughs> just Give them a little props. Not only do they have to learn their lines, but they have to learn all of this choreography as well. Just another cool thing. Also, some of the spell work is in different languages. Mm -hmm. Fucking love these guys. A lot of it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this next scene is the sneak peek we got before season five aired. And it's Julia meeting uh, the (laughs) sexist pig, the literal sexist pig. Kyle hit the name. Put some respect on Sir Hargrave McRubney Cubbins Archibald Effingham the third, please. <laughs> we <laughs> this love this fucking guy. scene is so good. It is literal chef kiss. I love it. He is just raiding her magical winter box of comestible. <laughs> just a refrigerator. <laughs> this dude's a legend. He's so good. So he basically says the very fate of both of our world lies in the balance. And he's so dramatic. He is ex- he's exasperated. Yep. He needs quentin coldwater mm-hmm. she's like how can i help you can help me by finding quentin coldwater what i just jab in the stomach like, yeah oh, fuck my note is just, just big oof yeah perhaps you've been beset by hysteria is your oh my god <laughs> i'm he, surprised um, kathleen could relate or at least enjoy this character just because of how sexist he it was caused the womb to wander <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy that it's, it's so like, funny it's so pushed past the line like they do it so well. They he's literally a sexist pig. It's shoving it in your face. It's just it's perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not love it? And Julia's gonna fucking own this guy. So yeah, of whatever. course she is. Yeah, so it's is. fine in that way. They're they're making fun of it, which is why I can relate. Yeah, um, she um she delivers the bad news that unfortunately Quentin Coldwater is dead, so he cannot go on this quest. <laughs> and our boy is distraught. <laughs> he starts getting the hog sweats. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. I literally read. I feel that because my reaction was the same thing to Q dying. And then uh, when he when he like sits down and he wants he wants a draft of medicinal cocaine, I started cracking up when he said that. <laughs> what does he say? He's like, "Don't you have modern medicine on this forsaken like?" So good. And he basically is just you know just doesn't even consider the possibility that Julia could possibly help because. Mm-hmm. She uh, doesn't have a pork loin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And this is a little callback. If um, if anyone 
that's listening to this magician series, listen to our carnival row. Uh, when he compliments her and says, you're fetching, albeit unmarried. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that part's so funny. This is a perfect sneak peek into the new season because here's our plot. Basically, it's saying, OK, this is what the new season's going to be about. It's giving Julia her new quest. Of course, Katie's going to be on her thing. Everyone's going to be doing their own thing. But this is one of the plot lines for season five. It's the perfect extra wacky, whimsical magicians thing. Yeah. I mean, you say the fate of the world is at stake. Then sign me up. <laughs> yeah, You love to see it. Both our worlds. I want to see yeah, more both, of this yeah. pig. He's from Philly. Yeah. You say that. Yes, he is from Philly. I like that one of his. I like that yeah. one of his names is Brian. Fun fact: Know how Dumbledore has like a super long yeah. name? One of his names is Brian. Yep. Yeah. Oh, does yeah. that make you proud? Stand yeah. a little bit taller. Albus right? Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore. Yeah. yeah. I only, I only knew Percival. Was <laughs> Yeah, this guy fucking this gets guy. it. Let go. Yeah, as long as it's Brian with an I, not Brian with a Y. Oh, it's got to be an I. <laughs> yeah, that ain't oh, right. Yeah. I feel like if it's a middle name, then it might be a Y. <laughs> no, I'm playing that. <laughs> nah, we will see Sir effing him again. Absolutely. Uh, I, I would like to just tell it's, you guys that because it's like the Marvel calls. movies. Sir Effingham will God. return. <laughs> like no, at the end. I love it. <laughs> I would be so disappointed if he didn't come back. Then we get. Pete and Katie. I will say though. Okay, <laughs> we're not done. Yeah, I just want we to. We gave you the pause comment. and you took a little yeah. <laughs> That if that is the last time we saw him, he ends on a perfect line where he says that uh, a cure to hysteria is through pelvic massage. <laughs> and then he dips, <laughs> which is a great follow up to them to the librarian Phyllis yeah. talking about masturbation. Oh, he, true. He thinks he's being so sweet and caring when he says it too. That's he's being a, a gentleman. In his mind, he thinks he yeah. is. And yeah. this, he is talking to the wrong bitch at I this love point this in time. <laughs> He's so whack. All right, Pete Thompson. Which brings us to Pete and Katie, <laughs> and they are investigating this library depository that Gavin told them about, but the building is missing. And Pete like talks to this hot dog guy who's <laughs> you know been working in the park for years. He says, "Nah, dude, there's never been a building there." But Katie uses that piece of glass. That do they ever explain? The glass, no, like it's my favorite thing. It's I love awesome. it. when Lipson yeah. looks through the her like lenses. Yeah, yeah the the ones that Your have like three of them. Yeah, they really can funny. randomly use their fingers too to look when they do this thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, and they they use that. Is it the same concept of when they're doing the bank robbery too? Like just just that like piece of glass. Yeah, you want to mm -hmm. see if there's wards. You want to see if there's anything magically hidden. Things like Seems that. Seems like glass is just very versatile it's, it's a magical glass bro yeah it's very versatile yeah, it's like different colors and different mm -hmm. like you yeah. can combine them it's kind of like ben franklin's fucking bifocals yeah that's so true. national treasure yep. but using the glass kate discover that <laughs> oh my gosh national treasure podcast yo jimmy well, actually, the secret lie with i got a charlotte but i got a line to nicholas cage i'll see if i get him on the pod you Did got it? a line yeah i got a line to nicholas cage <laughs> is it through his new Stay series tuned. curse the history of Curse i actually Words watched on episode of one episode one of that it's pretty it's pretty funny it's fuck the first one. It is. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Tags. Back to Katie. Yeah, sorry to keep interrupting. My goodness. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to hear more about Nicolas Cage now. On um, this podcast? <laughs> maybe tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Are we doing this? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Katie thinks that someone probably stole this building and mind wiped everybody in the area. Like, that's her working theory. And Pete is just like, do you know how much juice you got to have to just steal an entire building with level five wards like that would require gandalf level skills yeah. just mm -hmm. pop culture reference like, for us wait, why not gandalf was a wizard right <laughs> yeah he doesn't even know um but then katie's just like 
dude, Pete, I think we have some competition for this. So I think we're going to run into some, I don't know, bad guys that are going to be going against the hedge witches led by Katie. Some looters, baby. <laughs> some looters, I guess. Yeah, yeah something. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I'm just a vet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just a vet. I don't know. Yeah, he's just an ignorant vet. <laughs> the knowledge in your guys' brains. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. I want to be a vet. Nah, I want to oh, earn it. That's yeah. so true. I'm not jealous that me and Kyle are going into this one. Yeah, no. we're jealous of you guys. I would I'm give a lot yeah. to be. I would to be get a lobotomy. Take time. it out of my head. Yeah. Let me. I'm really excited to be a rook for the rest of this. Dude, you could just drink the Fog's potion over and over, Kathleen, and just keep watching the magicians yeah, you for the could. first time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll do a million time loops. I'll yeah. do it. I'll we got to hit up the we got to hit up the library first, though. Yeah. Uh, just keep redoing the curse podcast over and over again. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Our next on. time loop is going to be Dave was never part of Binge Town TV, yeah. and he yeah. had to get stronger on his own outside of the we podcast. We had to change something. And, yeah. and, and Hyman's just loving every second of my new story arc, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I love in the old loop when they're like, "Wait, Julia doesn't go to break bills." That's like Hermione not getting into Hogwarts. Hogwarts, yes. yeah. Yep. It's so such a good comparison. Um, but so this next scene is Penny and Julia talking about the fucking pig. It's just her like bringing him up to speed. And Julia's fired up. Baby. I love Penny's <laughs> line here. It's like, how screwed is the universe that it doesn't realize that Quentin is dead and to plan around it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but Penny's also dealing with it. Like, how do I reach these kids? Like, mm-hmm. how do I get to the kids? And Julia's just like, dude, tell them whatever you would have wanted to hear because now you can, like, you're literally their teacher. Like, just do whatever you would have wanted to hear. And then Penny's like, well, what would you say the pig if you met him again? And Julia's just like, well, I'd tell Porker, like, I'm choosing my own destiny. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Love so it, they're baby. just gassing each other up. Yep. Yeah, I love it. Love, love this relationship. Yeah, I love that back two. and forth right there, for sure. Yeah, I didn't feel great about Penny and Julia being a thing. Mostly because, you know, it's probably a little jealousy, whatever. Yeah. We'll get that out of the way. But I don't know. It wasn't just seemed like the personalities, but it's been really nice. Yeah, I just I'm excited to see it kind of grow more in this season. The relationship's nice, but Penny's vest is horrific. He has, I mean, he just loves showing chest, man. Yeah, yeah he does. He doesn't dress like that in the books. I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, I mean, he's way different in the books, right? Pick I picture mohawk him, and... him as Machine Gun Kelly when I read the books. <laughs> Seriously, especially in the comics, he has like a green mohawk. Oh, it's green. I thought oh, it was my pink. God, yeah. Definitely MGK vibes. Yeah, but Kyle, I agree with you 100 percent because at least for me, it was like I didn't enjoy their relationship because Penny was really forcing it on her, like you you are my julia you know or at least in my timeline you were mine like it just felt really forced on his end and like the world was ending around him and he's still trying to just date julia and it's like bro get your head out of your ass you can do that <laughs> shit after you solve the world yeah. issues you know so i was with you on that but it's really cool watching it develop here i think the show got it totally right honestly i always ship penny 23 with julia and penny 40 with katie like yeah. i yeah. think those were two just great relationships and dave i would say that penny already saw his world get destroyed mm-hmm. the thing that stuck with him was that he lost julia yeah. now he no, gets I, to do it i, I understand like, right. that but it's like this isn't your timeline like julia has feelings yeah. for other people and you are going to keep asking her out on dates when she's clearly not in the right mind state for you to be asking her out at this point in time so that was just my end but like i said right now 
I totally am on board with them as a couple. But he at was first, a gentleman about it at least. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't like blatantly asking. Exactly. Yeah. He was a different penny, like yeah. you kind of mentioned. He was had some of the same stories, but you know, he ended up being a little nicer in a way. Maybe that's all kudos to Julia of twenty three. Mm-hmm. But well, Julia and Penny Forty did not have a relationship. Julia yeah, Penny exactly. was always like, "What are you doing with that fucking hedge bitch?" Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, they that, didn't. He didn't yeah. like her at all. No, yeah. no. So, but it just broke my heart, especially like in the quest season, season three when they had the key that links them all, and Katie's like, "Penny, Penny," and it was. Yeah. And he's like, you replace my penny heart snap in two. <laughs> but also he's eating cereal and it was kind of funny at the he's same like, time. It's <laughs> not your penny. Yeah. Oh, I like they're just all like doing something. It seems like they're all talking to each other. It's all important. He's just sitting there eating cereal while they all get connected. Like <laughs> That was a heartbreaking scene. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Porky. She said, I love it. Then love we cut to pick. Penny going back to break bills, I believe. Or Yeah, mm-hmm. we got Penny at break bills ready to t- try again with his actually his traveler students. Yeah. And he says, you know, listen, guys, when I got to break bills, I thought I'd die before I was 30 because that's what everyone kept telling me. Like travelers die. That's just it. I already told you the bad parts, but anybody that wants to see the good parts of being a traveler, like come here, come with me. And they go to a different planet. Bucket hat boys just like, oh, you took us to like see a couple rocks. And he's like, look up literally Saturn's just chilling right there. That would be incredible as a brand new student just being traveled to a new world. Boy, do I wish I was a traveler. So fucking cool. If you're a master, you can go to any world, but just even at the basic level, just be able to go anywhere on Earth. Like, that's insane. It's interesting how when magic fell off that they said that they're hybrids. So they still technically have their magic their magic yeah you know that was a good that's a good point yeah penny couldn't cast though right like the magic was inherent to their dna still though yeah so his his traveling is traveler like he is his his hybrid power his his non-human power and he could cast with magic but when magic's gone he can't and his hand tattoos was was magic so he couldn't group travel yeah right so he could only travel with himself I feel like the tattoo should be more widely known. Yeah. Victoria is just like, oh, bro, you just like, like you got a pen? I'll do it for you right now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, who don't, they who all die, though. Yeah, they all die off. All travelers yeah, die. Someone yeah. should have written that down. That should be, yeah. I'm yeah, with you, true. Kathleen. That should be Traveler well, yeah. 101, yeah. I mean, if they have multiple textbooks about traveling, I'm sure that there should be shit about it in there. It should be literally the first page. <laughs> yeah. Just like big, this mark, don't forget it. Put it on your fucking body. Yeah, big ass yeah. poster on the wall <laughs> in the classroom. Yeah. I am more than prepared to eat my words, but the traveler in the bucket hat, I hate him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, won't I, say anything. I don't blame yeah, you. I mean, he's got a name already. He's got a reputation as being Bucket Hat Boy. So, yeah. <laughs> fucking Bucket Hat and glasses in class. Even our vets have a little bit of animosity towards yeah. Bucket Hat Boy. I mean, he's a doucher. What do you mean? Yeah. Bucket Hat. Bucket Hat Boy. Bucket <laughs> this upcoming hell. scene, though, with Penny and the student is wild. Yep. And so we get introduced to a new uh, student under his tutelage named Merritt who comes to talk to him and s- mentions that she's hearing an odd signal in the back of her head, correct? Yeah. Which is like, what's the deal with this chick? Because Penny was going through that same exact shit. Like, what the fuck's going on here? You know, like, I don't know what you guys were thinking, but my mind was racing. I was like, this is the same shit we saw in season one. Yep. I like that they made it different, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, not, the, it's not the voice. Mm-hmm. It's not a voice. It's a signal. Yeah, it's a signal. And I'm prepared to eat my words on this, but I think Merritt is a loser and totally the worst traveler in the class. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Penny takes his words down, which is dope. I've never seen someone actually physically do it. They normally just do it. He's like, okay, they're down. I don't have to tell you anything. I can just take down my words. 
she's good. She doesn't yeah. need no. Maya Kofsky fucking pinned her in one second. He's like, oh, Katie took her words down. I'm like, yeah. you can tell, just like in his fucking head. He's the best. I think it was a testament to the fact that Penny was a psychic. Like, that's his discipline. He would have some heavy duty wards yeah. on him. Like, maybe it would require a hand sign. I don't know. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. But so it is just taking over his head. And when he's, he immediately tries to put them back up mm-hmm. and it is just not working. And he's like, it's good acting by Arjun he is killing it in this trying to get these wards back up mm-hmm. and it's so overwhelming that he travels out somewhere that we don't see and then he travels back and is in full panic mode and Merritt is like yo you good it's like that's what you say you just gave me that and yeah exactly and penny doesn't even know what's what he himself just went through yeah he's just it's so a psychic totally transmitted disease <laughs> yeah you guys have any theories on what was going on there i mean he's he says that he lost control. I, what was Merritt hearing that she would calmly go over and be like, yeah, it's like a tiny little signal that's coming through here. Try it, dude. <laughs> yeah. You want a piece of this? Like, is that what Merritt was hearing and just thought it was like, not something? She might have her own wards up at that point in no, time to like lower the signal. Hell no. You don't think? Penny is just a, diff- a higher. I know, yeah. Rooks. Yeah. And yeah. she's a Rook. <laughs> How was Penny reacting when he first heard the Beast's voice? Like He, had he used to medicate life. through it. He had it his whole yeah, life. So that's probably what she was doing too. He, he Penny has a line where he says, "Growing up, he was in some shitty situations, and, and the, the voice, voice in his head got him out of like." He's like, "All I know is my whole entire life when I listened to this voice, he got me out of shit. He told it's me crazy everything." That the beast planned that far fucking ahead for yeah. this. Like he just knew Penny forty was timelines. Be the one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he had forty times to know that Penny was going to be the one. Does it restart at birth? That would suck. That would be so long for <laughs> Dean Fog, man. Oh my. He's like 800 years old. It, technically, it wouldn't be when they get to break those because the very opening scene with Jane slash Eliza and Fog, Fog's like, they're not even at break pills. Yeah, yet. I mean, Jane's starting the time loop. I'm guessing she can figure out when it needs to start. Yeah. Exactly. You know? yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with Quentin that. Quentin Goldwater, yeah. there you are. When I think about it, I guess right now, I can think it, all, it can only be to one of two things. Um, one of it would be the fact that magic is at full force. Mm-hmm. And that has something to do with the fact that whatever's going on in her head, it's either amplified. when it gets into Penny's head, it's amplified for some reason, or it might have something to do with how out of whack time is. So for, I believe it's season three or season four, when Penny 23 comes and Marina 23 come, and then the the kid is trying to get them to go back to their timeline because it's messing with his mom and that stuff. How mm-hmm. like their atoms being in this timeline is messing up magic in that timeline could be. I don't know, something with now time's out of whack. So it's okay. messing with the current timeline. That's the only two things I think it could be. Maybe it's the rabbits. They were trying to send Penny 23 a message and See, these the are, rabbits are getting messed up. Those are way better theories than what I was thinking at the time. I literally just couldn't even piece together anything on that information. I was like, we just get shown this Penny just freaking out over this noise disappears, comes back, and it's like, what the fuck? In a world pre-podcasting, besides like Game of Thrones or Westworld, where I'm listening to podcasts, I would just watch The Magicians and be like, that was fucking lit. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, right. Like in a podcasting world now, I think in those terms always. Yeah. When I watch you, if yeah. I was podcasting, what would I be saying? What would I be thinking and theorizing? But back when I was watching this, we weren't podcasting yet, so I was just like, yeah, Clueless that's so is lit. Like, yeah, this can't is wait a, till next week. This is a cool <laughs> conflict right here. Yeah, <laughs> it's also worth pointing out it's this new character Merritt who is receiving this signal so what's the significance of that and obviously she was not harmed by the signal so what like maybe whoever is sending the signal doesn't want Penny to know that it's being sent I don't know if they're like Merritt's gonna turn into a big player this season or what but 
That's why I'm kind of excited to rewatch because I honestly kind of forget what <laughs> well, it is too. Event, bro. Yeah, so <laughs> I could just I'll just switch to the Brooks side of things here. When <laughs> true, how do we uh how do we know we can trust Merritt? Who's to say? I'm telling you, on the 15th when season five drops, I'm binging all 13 episodes to refresh my memory because <laughs> I watched probably every, every episode twice when it aired only because I was so obsessed that I would watch it live and then I would watch it again at the gym or something um, but yeah, I think this is my third rewatch of this show see, oh I've and, seen this 800 years. times yeah it's only been two years I mean for me. season five itself when it aired yeah I've only seen it well now this will be my second yeah so. yeah Besides Jimmy, I was all alone when the finale aired. I couldn't talk to like I watched it live and just had to sit there all night depressed because I watched it the season the series yeah. finale. I sat there and watched it all depressed. Nobody had seen it yet. And I was just sitting in my bed in quarantine alone. Well, like, it wasn't as depressing fucking, when you didn't know it was the series finale yet. I, I did know it was series finale. They announced mid season five that it was done. Oh no, you're right. You're yeah. right. So I yeah, I was yeah. laying in bed middle of the pandemic, just being like you better fucking stop. I'm all alone here. No yeah, one I need help this. Me. I need I need my <sighs> gang. But there's one last scene we need to get through, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so it's Alice sharing a smoke with Stephanie. And I really like this line. Alice says, you're the only person in the world that can smoke judgmentally. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so true. She's just like puffing on the cig, looking at Alice like, look at you. You disgust me. Yeah. She's like, Give all right, Steph, come on. And I like that she said she's smoking me because Quentin did sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, Are you did we ever see Quentin? Yeah, we saw him smoke. Yeah, yeah. we saw him smoke a couple times. And Stephanie does relate to Alice in a way that really only she can, having lost a loved one, she says, you know, when I lost Daniel, I used I did some crazy stuff even, after losing him. Like I, I didn't know what I was gonna do with myself. And even technically lost Alice for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. she she had gone she's gone through this now well twice, but three times three she times lost Charlie. Yeah, yeah. Charlie too. Yeah, so third time's the charm, and she finally is able to have a good conversation with Alice yeah. here. I will say though that it's different. I think they're coming at the angle that like not a loved one, but a lover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That makes that makes sense. But go ahead, B Tom's finish it up with the thing. And yeah, she just drops the line, you know, name of the freaking episode. If you need to do something crazy to get through it, then do something crazy, okay? And Alice, no sooner does she do that, that she opens this mysterious door that we saw earlier. It was closed and we heard some knocking or something. Was I making that up? Was there knocking at the door when we saw it earlier in the episode? Uh, I don't recall. So nah. I'm making that up. It's Kathleen like a pizza. De- it's probably like your pizza delivery driver or someone. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> pizza delivery. No <laughs> knocking. I'm an idiot. <laughs> we forgive you. Sweet. Uh, Yo, so- hey, my fellow rook. Do not be that hard on yourself. Yeah. Oh, I fucking love my rook out here. <laughs> Me and Kyle got each other's back. I said he forgave you. I... <laughs> nah, dude, you're a vet. You guys are yeah, like, we don't need you're a bitch. <laughs> oh, you guys are like Alice, and we're just Alice's mom, just giving you guys the looks like these guys. They're so new. So yeah. There was yeah. a fucking knock at the door. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we find out that the book that Alice took from the library was Quentin Coldwater's official book, and she's got this mummy looking thing, but. Me and Kyle can put two and two together. This thing's made of the living clay that Dean Fogg stated earlier. Like, just think of it this way. Alice tells Juliet, though, that's wild magic, dude. And yet Fogg is like, yo, someone stole the living clay. Like she had already stolen the living clay. Like a psycho. I don't actually know the chronological order of events there, which came first, because you never know. She's just so smart. It's so funny. It's like, dude, that's wild. You shouldn't do a seance. That's crazy. But I'll build a, a Q golem. Yeah, whatever she's doing, I'd like to think that 
it was like her acting out to just collect the clay and she wasn't going to act on it until shit started hitting the fan towards the end with Stephanie saying, you know what, do something crazy if you want. And she's like, all right, you know what? I am going to do something crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if she was playing the whole time, but going through the plan oh, and like, no, getting this stuff ready and actually doing it are two different things. So. Totally. What do you guys think? What do you guys think it is? Like, do you think we're getting Quentin back? No. <laughs> no way. Not. Yeah. I mean... I don't want that to happen because that would just completely ruin any like my thoughts about the season four finale. Mm-hmm. And well, I absolutely love that episode. I love to hate it, to love it, to hate it again. Yeah. Well, let, me, let me ask you a question. If this show didn't end in season five, would you accept Quentin coming back in a later season at like, Say, you know, this is one season later for it to finish. Maybe it ends in season seven. Would you be okay with Q coming back in six or seven? You want it fine. I would not be okay with this show bringing him back to life. That was like the most impactful television death I've seen in a very, very long time. And for this show to go back on on the groundwork that they laid by killing him off. uh, Nah, I I just think it, it meant a lot that they killed off Q and that's the direction they took the show and i would not appreciate if they went back on that it's an important would, high stakes yeah moment. yeah 100 percent. and i respect the show for having the balls to do that because yeah. not a lot of shows would and they got pushback <laughs> they got a lot of oh yeah backlash for it you know yeah i agree yeah. with everything that b tom said but that's the first that's episode that's yeah. the first episode in the books i will say gentlemen. i will say i think we're gonna get quentin back for like a minute in one of the episodes this season, like how they brought Michael Scott back. Oh, okay. like you can't have the final season of the magicians without at least showing Q's face. Well, see, they didn't know that it was the final season. Okay, that's true. So, so maybe we don't get Q. Nah, well, yeah. Okay, I'm just mulling it over in my head. Yeah, maybe. mull it what over, man. We'll mull it over. How do you guys feel about one episode down, no Q? How do you feel for the rest of the season going without uh, Quentin? Now that we know, you know, Quentin's not the main character. We got some side characters are all main characters. Is Katie, the head, the, the head honcho of the show now, you know? I mean, we always had a cast of at least like, how, how many main characters are there? Seven, eight of them? Yeah. Seven, yeah. seven, 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 plus seven. Alice. Plus Alice wasn't an official quester. Yeah. So I think there's eight main characters. Like take one of them out. Q is like the main main character, but take him out. We got plenty to work with. I I'm think good. They knew Quentin wasn't going to be in it. Jason Ralph and Sarah Gamble and John McNamara were the only ones who knew. Like leading up to the finale, the cast didn't know Jason Ralph wasn't coming back. Isn't that gut wrenching? I read that they the take on me scene they shot thinking Jason was still coming back and that something happened to brought it to bring him back. It was like an alternate ending. They shot just to like get genuine emotion and. They did a good job with making sure in season four that Quentin wasn't the main guy. Like yeah. Quentin is obviously they, still the uh, one of the lead characters, but they bring everyone else up to match him, starting in three. Really, I mean, I, I mean, was going to say on the quest too. I mean, they kept emphasizing, or I, I don't, I can't vividly remember when, but they were telling him like, "You're not like the hero of this quest. Like this isn't about you. Like this is all of us." He comes to that conclusion a couple times yeah. about himself, right. even. Like oh. when they're trying to kill the beast, it's just like, I've been waiting for this moment. And like, the more I think about it rationally, it's not, it's not me. me. Yeah, like, right. I'm not the hero. Yeah. He says, I don't think Ember would be so certain it was me if he met you, Alice. Like, he gives it to Alice. She chugs that cum like a champ, baby. Oh, oh, oh. Like, it's prom night. And you're just trying to Kyle, <laughs> shut you, him up. Uh, you have any thoughts, Kyle? Um, 
speaking specifically about Q, I agree with B. Thompson that I think we'll get a glimpse, but A, I don't think that he should come back. B, I don't think he will come back. And I'm just excited to see how the cast as a whole operates without him. I thought the first episode was successful dealing with the ramifications of him being gone, but everyone now is kind of Penny's now a professor and Julia's kind of going to go on this quest now. And Margot and Elliot are figuring their own things out. And Katie's now head fucking hedge bitch. So I'm really fucking excited for the rest of the season. There's just so much. And I just, it's just a shame, man, that it was just cut midway through the season because the potential for this show was just so through the roof, especially with how this season goes. I feel like it just leaves so many like open doors that could have just been a thing, but it's yep. an amazing final season. I'm so excited to go on this journey with you guys and watch it through with you because it fully satisfied me, even mm-hmm. though it's completely heartbroken. I read an article with Jade Taylor. She basically says someone was doing an interview with her, like had the interview booked, but it just so happened that the day before the interview, they had announced that the magicians was done. And so a lot of the interview was about that. And Jade Taylor pretty much says like, no one's going to be satisfied by this ending. It had already been done shooting. She knew it was going to end. She's like, it's an amazing end. And like, we've, it's incredible, but none of the fans are ever going to be satisfied with this because of how much it means to them, how much they love. Like they, they're not going to want this to end like this and whatever. And I, I felt that because you love a show. I'm never just going to be like, yo, that was, I'm like, yeah, this hurts me. Yeah. So before I guess we wrap up some Rook thoughts, I want to, to immortalize an audio before okay. we get to finish this season. So um, when Katie is talking to Pete about competition, I'm curious if it's going to be similar to the the hedge or whoever. Like, who does the worm stuff in season four? So that was... Is that Serpent, the library? Which was headed by Everett. Yeah. Okay. So, so I so think that not... Serpent's been dealt with. Okay, that's good to know. And then I just am curious about how our boy, Sir Effingham, is from Fillory, but clearly from the past... And he's coming now to Earth to get Quinn to save the apocalypse. And then we have Margot and Elliot who are super in the future. So clearly there's I think there's some connection there. Between... Why are you saying he's from the past? Well, no, he's saying he's from the present, the present. Josh Fenn oh, version. Okay. That's what he's assuming, right? No, I was saying like legitimately from the past. I mean he's talking about how Okay, the past relative to where Julia to is. To Julia right and then Mark. Yeah, okay, he's gotcha. talking about medicinal cocaine, he calls it. Yeah, but Fillory is Yeah, but Fillory is in the different. Stone Age anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah. So I would say he's on he's in a world where Quentin Coldwater exists. Yeah. So Quentin nerds out and says it's a pristine, untouched pre-industrial environment <laughs> when I think it's Margot wants to bring a Glock to kill the pigs. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So never I'm mind. Excited for this BK. I like these though. Kyle, you have any more rook notes? Uh, I just want to say RIP to Daniel Quinn, my boy. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel Quinn. Should we sing? <laughs> take on me. Take, take on me. On me. <laughs> no, okay. So we're gonna... <laughs> Daniel Quinn is not worth that song. Okay, I'll say it. We were yeah. gonna end it on that anyway. Um, or we could do. <laughs> okay, so our Bang Kill Mary, which we're going to do every episode, is the Kings of Fillory edition. We've got High King Elliot. We've got King Quentin, the moderately socially maladjusted, and Josh, the Fresh Prince. The Fresh this Prince. This is actually so hard. I know. Oh my God. It I... really is a good one. Oh, Mary wanna... Josh. 
I 100%. Yes. Okay, I'll agree, I'll agree with that he's statement. He's the nice guy of the group. He fucking cooks and makes edibles. Yeah. Like, come on, man. We would have the time of our that lives. I would be, I would be would peaches be like, and plums with that motherfucker. Honestly, anyway. that would be like, I feel like me and Josh would get along for any number of reasons. He's the good guy of the show. He's written that way. But like, that would literally be like marrying my best friend. You know, we would have fun together. <laughs> I would bang Elliot, yeah. honestly, because I think he's more experienced in the sack than Q. Mm-hmm. And kill q honestly like he's kind of a sad sack you know yeah. when you when you strip away a lot of the character but love q love elliot love josh but that's how it shakes down for me i think it's gonna be a clean sweep yeah. to be honest yeah. uh, once speed times made those cases i was like because i was thinking of like maybe killing elliot then you brought up the sex thing because if i'm marrying josh and I'm, it's either between quentin and elliot yeah. and of course if it's a one night then gotta go with elliot elliot there Margo's like, are you shitting me? And Josh goes, that's the one thing we didn't just do. (laughs) (laughs) So Josh is good at sack too. Q's, I love him. And I love him as someone who doesn't have to. You going to kill Quinn? I don't know. Is Quinn going to turn into a fox though? And am I going to turn into a fox and like spice things up a little bit? I don't know, man. (laughs) Yeah. Well, are you going to, we going to say Fox Q or normal Q? (laughs) Yeah, right now. It's got to be be normal Q. Nah, Q's got too much baggage for me to marry. So I'm going to, I'm marrying Josh. I'm going to bang Elliot and Q. If I banged him, I feel like Get follow me around and shit. Like, <laughs> Wasn't like Alice like his first or something? Like first? No, no, no. He no, said okay. he's banged before. Yeah. Okay. Oh, but he has to learn how to make. Doesn't? Yeah, yeah that's got, an awkward episode. Yeah. Man. Okay. Has that not happened yet? That's in season one. Okay. Yeah. I just, yeah. I'm yeah, just like, I'm just like making sure. Dead, I was getting a look from, from Kathleen. I was like, I'm so worried that Wait, I'm about dude, to ruin that's something. Amazing. He just goes, Q's get dead, bro. Like, how could that not well, actually, happen? No, yet? And now, but that can also make the case for Q. He now knows what he's fucking doing. Yeah, you know? but yeah, but I'm a I'm a man. Dude. Yeah. I, he knows how to work around a woman. It was I'm either, a man. I need. Are you though? Are you really? It Maybe was either not. marrying Josh or marrying Q, but yeah. I think Josh. Joe had it. to teach him, and Joe's literally like, like, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, so. that's what it was. Yep, yep. The best. Yeah, I oh. guess it's a clean sweep. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, I want, I, I think there's an argument there for banging Q, but I think the, in the end, that. Elliot making me feel comfortable in the situation would trump all the arguments for Q. So. I'll bang Elliot. He can show me some things for when I'm married to Josh. <laughs> and unfortunately, Q, the homie, I'll send him back down to the underworld with the Metro card. Uh, why'd you put it like that? Take his V card, take the Metro card. <laughs> take it all. Take it all. <laughs> Give me it. <laughs> Kathleen? Yeah. Oh, clean sweep. Oh, yeah. 100%. Okay. Clean sweep. Everything Brian said, I agree yeah. with. Josh is, I I would marry him a thousand times over. Oh we know God, you would. Honestly, on, if we we're going to do it, I'd either marry Quentin or Josh. I wouldn't I marry Elliot. Yeah, that was, my, that yeah. was my exact thought process, mm-hmm. too. And I'm sure Kathleen will agree with everything I'm about to say. Keep an eye out for our continued coverage of The Magicians. We're going to be covering each episode of Season 5 week by week. As always, if you like what you heard, give Pinchtown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our show on Spotify and the Apple Podcast app. Once again, we are Pinchtown TV. And thanks for listening. WandaVision coming soon. We're doing the fast version to be fun.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 